you know so so i was thinking back you know prepping for this one and uh one of the things i remember was um you remember that time that that skunk invited us out to hole in the wall to watch um was it descendants of edric Is that oh yeah and did you play oh, yeah. i can't remember did you play did you guys play that night or we, was it just yeah we played two shows with them and then i was like y'all can go fuck off because they were assholes they would always just like their their crowd would show up and watch them play and then and, and then take, the, take our whole head. crowd and their and the band would leave and it was just like well fuck you you know i mean i love that band but i was like i never want to play with these assholes i mean amanda's awesome i think i really respect her a lot and everything and they always had great musicians but i was just like man that's some real shit fucking etiquette even if you do like have a job like fuck you, <laughs> you know what I, mean? like, I remember there are two because there's hole in the wall oh i i see why you're asked well the video victor that um where did you grab that from youtube right the blake stuff that you used for the yeah um, it was for, it was from the agr channel yeah i think that was one of the shows that went the hole in the wall and you can actually see like people walking in front of us like carrying out amps and <laughs> that was them yeah that was them. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I remember that. Speaking of work, I remember you invited us, me and PJ show up. We watch the shows and then we're hanging out afterwards. I think there was another band after after you guys or maybe after them. And uh, I just remember we we stayed. We shut the place down like we just kept drinking, even though we had work the next day. And Sounds then, about right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause we just, I mean, we just we just hung out because there was that back part that had the seating, the outdoor outdoor uh patio and then i just remember <laughs> i remember the next day uh i called into work sick because i was still <laughs> drunk oh, yeah <laughs> and hung over. i think pj went into work though i was i was, I was still drunk but i still went to work <laughs> well, and, you guys, and you guys used to go in, you guys used to do that shit and then go into work and that and then end up having to get not only work but then do those fucking workouts and just be all torn up oh fuck, that's right hung over and shit oh, yeah. Yes. yeah mondays oh that was horrible <laughs> monday wednesday and friday yeah that's right yeah those wednesday workouts were tough because we were we were still drunk oh, man it was brutal well, cool, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah. Cool. Mr. PJ Evans, a.k.a. number three, the uh, foremost street pizza connoisseur in the world. We, we wanted to ask you, how does how does L.A. and North Carolina compare to Austin street pizza? Oh, uh, yeah. My favorite pizza ever was like the pepperoni and uh, jalapeno at the uh, that, that one like really crappy place next to the Jackalope. Uh, you can't find it. There's nothing matches that out from anywhere. The one playing the metal music all night. Yeah, that place rocked. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that place. I forgot they they because they, they uh, 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 no like uh, and they had the videos. The, the they had a TV in there that just like, constantly playing music videos all day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, uh, that kind of place is awesome. I can't remember the name of that place. I just remember the metal oh, music. Hoex metal uh metals. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's right. The pizza place where it's we're sorry, I'm trying to catch up on some things and we've started, but the pizza place where where PJ famously dude, I okay. Yeah, the pizza place right next to Dirty Dog, right? Was it I yeah, think that, is it across the street or is it right next to it? It, was, no, well, it used to be right next to it. Now they're both gone. But I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. but that that there was the night. I think your street pizza night, PJ, was um, 
That was and, the one that next to what ended up being what uh, Headhunters. There's like a, a little like side pizza place right next. Well, to okay, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, oh. Well, here's the thing. I think I thought that the pizza night, the famous street pizza morning, <laughs> which we got to get your story. I remember you told that story. We went to a comedy club. We used to do like open mic comedy a couple of times. And I got up there and ranted about whatever. And then PJ got up there. I, I remember I just like went off on a rant. Like someone said something. And I was awesome. like, yeah, it was so like, funny. <laughs> I think so, somebody off. was wearing like a, a, like a UT jeans or something like that. And you just went off <laughs> for like 15 minutes. Yeah, it was weird, but. But it was pretty funny. And then and then PJ got up there and he like just sits down like Indian style on the stage. And he's like, so here's the deal. And he just like tells this fucking story about eating the, pizza. <laughs> the, the, the street pizza story. It was awesome. But like uh, so I, I remember one night, though, dude, that and I thought this was the same night, but there were so many. Who knows where you uh, we came out to Dirty Dog and it was probably I'm, I'm, I'm supposing it was a good Rogering show or maybe we were both there watching someone else. Who knows? I just remember you getting absolutely hammered on Guinness. And coming up, and it was one of those nights where, like, the yeah, further the yeah. night went on, PJ, like, every five seconds, PJ would just walk up with this, like, just glazed, not even, can't even, you know, and just, like, toasting me with this Guinness. It's like, man, <laughs> love you, man. You know, that kind of, like, all night long. It was like, Jesus, dude. Like, he was absolutely gone. And I, I was, like, if I was thinking that that was the same night that then, like, we later found that you had, like, passed out on the curb. Uh, th there was many nights like that for a little while. Yeah, for, well, for we're gonna, we, Yeah, we got to talk about – so there's that one, and then there was – there's two that specifically said that. There's the one where you passed out on the curb and the street pizza, which we'll get – you'll tell that. Yeah. And the other one where it was a New Year's party or something oh. that you, you – me and Victor at all oh. – no, no, Victor and I went to some party, and I think you went downtown to Red-Eyed Flyer, did something, and ended up walking home, and, the, like, and then the next day we all met up for, like, Mexican food – and you were like way late getting there and you just walked in looking like absolute death. And in like we had ordered food for you and it came and you just went like you looked at the food and you were like and you just pushed the plate away. You're like I, no. I took I, I took one yeah. and I go, yeah. no, not time. Yeah, yeah literally. And 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 you were just like and we're like, Are you okay? And you're like, Oh, and you were like, You had like cuts on you. <laughs> like you like walking home and like fall. And who knows? Like you were just you were like, it was so bad, man. Like anyway. You uh, you uh you put your face against the cold glass and just like took a nap. My my temples right, right, yeah, yeah. so good. <laughs> so well, where do we begin? <laughs> well, um, so I think a good place to start would be when I met PJ. We actually worked at the same company. I still work there, but uh, PJ escaped. Uh, so that's that's my first introduction to PJ. And during his interview process, we found out that he, uh, I think at the time you were doing theater. Right. And you were also in a band. And so we looked up the band and we were like, holy shit, this is awesome. And uh, so that band turned out to be One Eyed Doll. And so when you came on board, we got to learn a lot more about you, a lot, a lot more about the band. Um, and so, yeah. And then from there, I think that's, uh, I think you had probably seen AGR um, just in passing or, or maybe I was talking about skunk and agr or something along those lines and we were talking about the same band and then uh, i think from there uh gosh that has to be what 2008 9 mm -hmm. I, I can remember 2008 seeing one eyed doll for the first time at this place called lucy's which was an upstairs bar in in san, oh, Mar san marcos yep that, that place is awesome like, yeah that was a really cool place and uh and i was like oh wow this holy shit and like 
you know, the, the typical thing where like Kim's running around, like flying around like crazy and runs into the drum set at the end of the show. And I'm like, who the fuck is this fucking man? Anyway, so <laughs> that was the first time I probably that I can remember that I probably actually saw you. I don't think we actually talked that night, but that's when I became aware of One Eye Doll. And then obviously you worked with Victor. So it probably came up between us. And right. then I actually had, so that was 2008. And then in 2009, when I doll played with a good Rogering in Pflugerville at that huge place, Graham central station. Remember that, which was like oh, all yeah, those yeah. different cars in one. That's right. Yeah. 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 So there was, uh, that's probably around the time we kind of started getting to know each other that I can recall. Yeah. What, so how long had you been playing in one eye doll when, when you started working, uh, when we started working together? We, uh, uh, I was, we were, I was already in the band before, uh, uh, my last job before that. So I used we used to work at a life insurance agency and, uh, uh, that's when I started, uh, with them, but I just got started and I was only in the band, I think like maybe six months or so. We used to play with a band called, uh, uh sunglasses, uh, mushrooms, sunglasses and mushrooms. I think that was the name of them, but uh, we played. Uh, they and they also worked there. We would we would play with them every now and then. And then uh, I left there, went full time at the theater, uh, local theater in, in Austin, uh, Zach Scott. And then I got hired at uh, at the rack. Um, okay. so I, I, it was less than a year, easily. I mean, okay. I was I was only in the, uh, when I golf for like three years, like two thousand seven to two thousand ten. It's so weird how that's just distant history now. And there was a lot of stuff going on in Austin at the time. And I had just started playing out and I have, you know, a couple of different bands and the beginning of AGR, the end of quarter shackle and, uh, or, you know, my whole tenure with that was really in those three years, but like, um, ish, but yeah. And now it's just like 2000, geez, man, that sounds crazy. Even saying it like 2007, eight, nine, you know? It's such, it's such like an iconic uh, moment for Austin music back then. And just like, and I've been back to Austin. It's just, it's not the same. Uh, like all, all the places are gone. Like I, I'll go up and down like 6th Street and Red River. And it's like, it's not even the same place anymore. It was a cool time. I mean, Red Eyed Fly was there. Um, not my, wasn't ever my favorite bar, but Dirty Dog was was a great place. Now that's kind of gone and and come and take it live is the new place but it, they also the old emos was still there emos. Yeah. Down on sixth street and there was uh elysium room room 710 even way back then headhunters red seven yeah. there was a lot of little there was a lot of bars that we all played around on there back then room 710 had some of the coolest shows ever like a lot uh, of good bands. yeah yeah I, I i saw uh, the first time i saw uh, uh captured by robots there and like there, there's so much automation and like all like it's a huge production and stuff and it was like one of the most intense shows I've ever seen there I, I love that place yeah 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 that was one of the first ones to go actually I think uh mm. maybe in 2008 or maybe early nine because I think that the very I don't remember the very first show the very first show Good Rogering ever played I think was in late 2008 and I I think it might have been there. It was either there or Headhunters. Our first like three shows were between those two bars, and and Room Seven Ten was gone shortly after. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that time too. Some of the bands I saw back then were uh, as the first time I saw bands like um, Muchos Backflips and stuff like that, and was just like, wow, man. I hadn't been in Austin that well. I guess I'd kind of been here a few years, but I kind of started getting into some of the what I would call like kind of staple underground Austin bands, you know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, yeah, and started yeah. coming to come across some of these bands and being like, man, there's some really badass bands here. And then when I used to play in quarter shackle, there was this band called Dave's not here. that used to be around, which was just ridiculously 
crazy. I remember meeting the bass player for that band, uh, Rob Dew, who I think works may still work with Alex Jones in some capacity. So we need to have him on the podcast <laughs> if he's down to do it. Just, that motherfucker's yeah. got to have some stories. Um, he's probably even hung out with Joe Rogan. I'm, I would imagine through Alex. Probably, you know what I mean? Tell us some Dave Mustaine. Got stories. some Dave Mustaine. <laughs> he's got a lot, dude. I bet he's got a lot of good stories, man. Seriously, you know. But I mean, this is way back in 2006 and seven when I met him. And in fact, when I auditioned for Quarter Shackle and met him, I was like, he was working on that band on their album, and I was like, what are you? What is this? Or what do you, who do you play? He's like, oh, it's kind of like blotty blah like van halen meets primus something something but i remember those guys were just amazing live and so much fun and yeah i mean i don't know if any of these bands are still really active muchos plays once in a blue moon and um you know a few other bands like invincible czars has been around that long and you know i'm playing with those guys now <laughs> but like uh yeah man it was uh that was a cool time like five through ten maybe you know that little stretch there yeah, and, and, and you have like so, so much cool like little like uh, and one thing I, I really liked about Austin is like you had all these kind of oddball bands like there's that uh, Echo Bass Sound Station that was around for a little while and really cool like little like musical kind of like ideas that you got to go check. I never like I'd walk in the Headhunters and there's like somebody dance around playing a flute and uh, like a banjo and like totally yeah I love yeah. those off color bands like what's that what's that one something score um something scorpion or stuff oh yeah. uh, scorpio rising that is scorpio rising awesome yeah there was a band i never saw them again i don't know what they're called and who they are they were so badass it was like really close to when i moved here first started playing like uh, in headhunters again you'd see so many like random ass bands in this horrible shithole catastrophe of a bar <laughs> But really good stuff and all making no money. And the but there was this one band that was like two bass players and a drummer, maybe a singer was separate or something. And they had like a little television screen on the stage just playing all this random shit. And I remember them playing Pink Floyd's uh, the opening track to metal one of these days with on two basses and doing the slide guitar stuff on a bit. And I was like, what the fuck? This is badass. <laughs> Never saw them again. No idea who they were, but yeah, really, really cool shit like that. And I think when I'd all fit into that category, obviously for anyone who had, whenever you would first see that band, that was kind of early on with the two piece stuff, which is like way more common nowadays. I think, you know, when white stripes made it in black keys and a lot of bands are that, that now, but um, that was, that was, I don't know how long white stripes and them have been around, but it seemed, I mean, we're talking 15 years ago ish almost, you know? So yeah, uh, when you walk in and just see a dude playing drums and a chick playing guitar and running around like a maniac, you're going like, what the fuck is this? And it just really grabbed your attention. But what was, I remember that too, because Victor and I were talking about you after I first saw you, I was like, oh man, well, you know, I'll, I've been through many drummers and a good rogering at this point, but you know, back then uh, we were all kind of transitioning. It was like, yeah, it'd be cool to play with PJ sometime. And we actually had a jam one time. Remember that? Oh yeah. Uh, my, you, me and my brother. And the funny thing about that jam was like, there was, it was all just improv. We just fucked around. Like there was no, I don't think we had any direction, <laughs> but one song, like I like one song actually came from that where I was just like making shit up on the spot. And it was just like, Oh, maybe then something good. So it's, which is not something I ever really do, but it was kind of cool that, that we did that. And then, uh, do you still play much? Like, cause I remember when I saw you out in LA a few years ago, you had a kit and everything still out there. Right. I, I, I was like still messing around and stuff like that, but I was still involved. Like when I moved out to LA, I got involved in entertainment and like TV film and uh, that kind of stuff. And now that I moved out here, like I'm looking to kind of get back in like in my roots and like, uh, I really want to find like a, 
kind of a fun like low key bluegrass band or something like try out like uh, that'd be really fun just to kind of keep up on it like I, I really miss it a lot that's what i'm thinking yeah for sure um and you're now i don't know if so i'm sorry man we're, we're is there stuff before we actually started this where i wasn't i'm confused what's our start <laughs> point i don't because i kind of like got here late and you guys were talking and i don't know when it's going to start yeah um were you planning on editing out the part where i talked about T, uh, pj's adult film career or what is <laughs> no no we're we're kicking off with that yeah <laughs> <So> anyway <laughs> point point is you were here you went to la um you were out, i remember staying with you when you were out in well silver lake the first time and then you moved to i forget that girl's name but it has an awesome place in like glendale or something oh, right? yeah no, in a, uh outwater village yeah I, I was in that house for uh six years i was there forever wow yeah. that's a, that was a really cool place too um yeah we had mentioned this maybe on the first podcast when victor and i were doing the whole like getting to know you hey here's how we met and a little about us kind of bullshit and I think, you know, I was in my crazy workout phase and we talked about that, but that was that, that time. Remember when I came there, PJ, and you picked me up from the gym in Long Beach? You went to, well, PJ went to, you, PJ you, was flew to, to you flew into Long Beach and you're like, oh, cool. I, and I was like, and you got, no, 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 I'm going to the gym, dude. You can pick me up. From, well, he lands and goes immediately to the gym. I was like a maniac back then. I loved <laughs> it. Was a man, and now it's like all gone. But I was like, but here's the thing, like PJ was like, I don't remember the, the details, but you're like, yeah, I can pick you up. I was going to stay with you for a day or two or whatever. Then I stay with my friend Suki and stuff. But, um, and I was, you know, in LA for a little bit, but I, then you were like, Oh, change the plan. You went to Disneyland is what happened. You ended up going to Disneyland that day. And I was like, all good. I'll just walk to the gym. And dude, I'm like, what? I walked like miles to this goddamn gym in fucking long beach, like from the airport, right. With my luggage and shit. And then I get there and I just walk in the gym and I'm just like, uh, can we not, where can I put this? <laughs> I just like left. I'm not even shitty. Like I left my like, like luggage behind the counter. And then like, I worked out for like three hours. Like I was just like, Oh, I guess I'll go swimming now. And like, I'm just doing all this shit. And so then PJ comes up and then like the next day, like we went and hiked. Um, was it Griffith park or. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, the, like the, the goat trails. That crazy hike. You were in mad good shape, man. Cause that was brutal. And we did that. And then I was like, every morning I was like waking up and jogging like a fucking crazy person. But I mean, yeah, I just remember. Oh, and then we went to the gym, right? Remember we went to the gym <laughs> in, uh, there too. I was just like obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, walking from the goddamn uh, airport to the Long Beach gym as soon as I got to LA was you know, kind of funny. From LAX or from? Oh, God, no. From from Long Beach. Long like, Beach. Oh, I just okay. walked through some, some neighborhoods in Long, oh, Long Beach. At least you landed at a nice airport. I like oh i love that airport i love that and burbank are great lax yeah. i don't want nothing to do with oh it's horrible <laughs> so and now you you went out to la in see what year was that 2011 2011 okay oh okay 2012 okay so you were with one eyed doll from 2007 2010 um <laughs> and then i had an off year <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had you had an off year. You were uh, you you were. Um, he sustained a workout injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know yeah. you know what I'm referring to, right, PJ? The infamous tire flipping incident. Oh, oh, from uh, uh, the workouts. Oh, 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 yeah. The pop. <laughs> the pop. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, th so this is back in Austin. 
you know, we're, we're bouncing around a little bit. Oh yeah. So we would, we would work out with, uh, with the trainer that showed up at, at work and, uh, she would put on, um, she would put on what she called Spartan workout. So she had the work, she had the workouts for the work folks, the office people, but then she had just a little bit harder workouts for people who wanted to, uh, you know, try to be one of those Spartan 300 folks. And, uh, we did that. So, so PJ is funny because we would, we would do these workouts and we would come back after the workout, just dead. And PJ would look at us and he'd be like, Hey, what are you guys, why are you guys so tired? It doesn't look that hard. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> and so we we're like, well, Hey man, why don't you come out and join us? <laughs> like, okay, I will. And so PJ shows up at his first workout jeans cap before he cut his hair so he still had the long hair uh t-shirt so basically basically his band uniform right and uh and so we worked out <laughs> that first workout and i think i think i remember you not coming out of the bathroom for a while you kind of just sat in the locker room <laughs> and just recovered for like i don't know an extra hour or two it, like, I, it, and I never like I, I was never like a workout guy like she just like beat the crap out of me like uh, uh, the first like, and it took like weeks for me to be able I uh, you know would like be able to go for like 90 seconds and I'd have to like go sit in a corner I'm like I can't man I can't do this anymore then I get up and like do another 90 seconds and then it was weeks before I could actually finish a workout with you guys that was I know when I came and worked out with you guys for the first time well every time but the first time it was just like what is happening like and <laughs> your credit like you are like i just couldn't hang at all it was so absolutely brutal the stuff that she had us doing it was embarrassing but but also fun it, how long was it until you bought actually bought a pair of workout shorts and workout clothes pj oh uh three four weeks because he like <laughs> it, it, and uh, to, to set the tone of me like back at, at this uh company like uh the only clothes i had was was band merch like every single day I came in was in uh, the one eye doll shirt, like, uh, and I had uh, my pants with like the cuffs rolled up and uh, long hair. I could grab behind my back, like that was the quintessential me that walked in that place every day. And a cap. And a cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, one eye doll caps. Oh man, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, that's right. You were in band merch the whole time. That's right. I mean, for years, not like Tuesdays. Like for years, I was this. <laughs> I mean, to PJ's credit, I had been, you know, I think I was kind of early in my kick and I'd been working out and I got a, probably had a gym membership by then and I was feeling pretty good. And then I came and worked out with you guys and like literally PJ's schooling me, like running in jeans. And I was like, dear God, what is, I mean, it was bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> I would just give up yeah. and like walk the rest of the run. You guys were already like halfway through the rest of the workout. And I'm like, dying what oh what was her name amanda or whatever like just and yeah yeah i'm not trying to keep up we we had a uh so our building was right next door to blizzard you know the world of warcraft guys and uh you know contrary to popular belief i don't play video games and i definitely don't play world of warcraft so everybody would always ask me hey do you ever go over, go over to their office and hang out and chill i'm like no dude <laughs> but anyway, they, so they had like a ton of people that worked at that office, right? They were, they were like, uh, sharing desks and, you know, had all these different shifts come in around the clock. So they had to build like this, uh, brand new parking lot behind the buildings. So it was, it was elevated and it looked down at the offices and, uh, it was just this massive parking lot. And so, 
during the day when it was empty, that was prime time to go run sprints in the parking lot. <laughs> and uh, I think that was PJ's first workout was running sprints. Cause I just remember him in his jeans, just kind of like just trucking along, you know, all the way down this long ass parking lot. And it, it was like slowing down, sun. slowing down in the hot sun. Oh yeah. Cause Texas weather. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Texas weather. Yeah. Summer got to uh, be outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So <sighs> that was, that was a fun experience. Um, yeah. And then we, I think we, we invited skunk to those, to those, uh, extracurricular workouts. Do we do one at the park at peace park? I did a couple at peace park. Okay. I, th- I think even more than one. And then we did a few at our house, but yeah, the one at peace park was pr- probably the worst of them all until, until the, I think, I think the PJ wrist pop tire flip was the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was at her place, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at her place. That was the last one I remember doing, but there was a four, a few before that at peace park. And, um, we would do what are those things called the bear crawl the bear something or others oh, bear crawls, bear crawls. Yeah. oh lord have mercy and then those like real steep hills like where you're like doing um thrusts <laughs> and shit uphill with dumbbells like absurd she had uh she had one of her friends staying with her uh named mallory and uh mal i think mallory at the time she was working out she was training for like a marathon or something and so she she was she after the workout she came up to the house she finished her bike ride or something and she goes who was screaming <laughs> I heard him <laughs> from six blocks away just you know just trying to lift something and i think it was skunk is who she was talking about <laughs> probably accurate yeah they, they would get uh, they would get mean with a like a uh and on, and on her birthday she, uh, they'd bring out uh she would bring out that deck of cards oh yeah yeah. Uh, and she would just like flip the stuff down like, cool, you're doing 13 of these. Boom. You're doing 12 of these. Boom. That's such uh, a great idea until it's not until you're the one that's like suffering the consequences of the cards. Oh, it's hilarious oh, yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh yeah. Birthdays were fun. Like the Kings Kings were, I don't know what pushups or something. Queens were squats. Uh, Jacks were, you know, whatever torture you can imagine what's that thing where you jump and then you jump out like you're about and you do a push-up and then you go back and you jump uh oh burpees burpees that's what the aces were those are those are the worst oh that's right yeah aces were burpees yeah and it was it was a face card so it'd be like 10 or 11 (laughs) or 100 something like that you have like flashbacks like vietnam when you play cards now right now dude (laughs) it's happening right now no 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 all, all that's gone but uh, yeah, that was that was the wrist pop because we were we were pulling tires and we were doing tire flips. That's what it was. Yeah, fun stuff. Oh, did you maintain that? I mean, obviously the hiking. You were pretty active in the hiking when you went to LA. Did you maintain? Was did, was that something you did a lot when you were out there? It seemed like at least when I came out there, and I don't remember what year that was. Now maybe twenty twelve ish or later. I don't know. I went through phases. Like I would, uh, 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 I would do the hiking a bunch and I, then i got really nuts on the hiking i'd be gone for like five hours uh and then uh i then i joined a gym and i started going to the gym every day and doing it got addicted to that and then um then i just started like walking the neighborhood i found the six mile track that i could kind of like go to you know go out to the sidewalk head uh, head west go around this whole area it's like six miles like one pass and i do that a couple times but I can, you know, I, I can kind of go through uh, like phases like that. 
I just remembered a couple of things when I came out there and was hanging out with you. We went to the first night that I got in there. I don't know if this was the, the Long Beach gym time or not, but we went to a place called the Gold Something. Some bar like oh, my- uh, Gold Room. God, that place is Gold- awesome. Yeah, we yeah. went to the Gold Room and I think we probably got pretty hammered. I think they had peanuts and we just sat there drinking and eating peanuts like all night. But because they, they're that. giving you a, a pint of PBR and a shot of whiskey for uh three dollars oh that yeah there you go shots shots i bet i bet that was the case and i still got up and ran like an idiot but like uh, (laughs) like pj on new year's day like no business being out of bed uh and then we did remember we went to um uh i just remember one night i think it was you like we went to get some food somewhere and i'm like this sometimes if something pisses me off i'm like i don't want to fuck this place we walked into some place oh well, we went to that one place um, on on um, uh, uh, not Ventura, uh, eh, maybe Ventura Boulevard. What, what is that German place, right, with the bratwurst and the? Oh, we went there. We did go. We there. went there, and yeah. I think there was another place in your neighborhood where there was another kind of German, and we're like, oh, we should try this. And we walked in, and they were playing like some horrible shit music, and I was like, I'm not eating here. And then, like, like I'm just like an, I'm like, I, 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 I refuse to eat in a business that plays this fucking shit. And then, um. And then we went to some fucking pizza place and we were like, ah, oh, what do you recommend? Cause all these look good. And the guy was like, uh, man. And I thought I had, Oh, anyway, it was like, Oh, this one. And it was a pizza with anchovies, which apparently I'd never had, or at least I'd never had one with real legit anchovies. This guy brings out this pizza and there's just these huge fucking anchovies on it. It was unedible. It was beyond disgusting. And I had to order a second pizza. Anyway, these are the, the wonderful fond memories I have with you, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you were a total music snob, snob and uh, decided and it, to. Uh, <laughs> yep, and because of that, I, I sacrificed good German bratwurst for anchovy pizza. Were they uh, Were they playing Dave Matthews? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't like hipster. Um, well, how would you describe Dave Matthews? Like, um, you know, trend rock. I don't know what. How what would you call? What would you call Dave Matthews? It wasn't that. It was. It was like. Some it's really like a donkey or something. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like uh, it was like really lame. Some really lame hip hop that or that just didn't. It was like the kind of music you hear when you get in an Uber and you're like, I want to kill myself right now. That kind of music. Well, well depends on who's driving the Uber. <laughs> I've had some good like Uber Lyft drivers that play cool shit or ask you, you know. But that sometimes they get in there and it's just it's like there's this category of music that's like, like the top forty or something. Yeah, but like somehow it's like the mix like the worst part of every genre it's like pop and electronica and it just and everything's missing on all cylinders and it's just horrible like it, it was that kind of stuff i, I used to when i was driving uber uh I, I like i do the drunk crowd all the time and uh on uh sirius xm there's a spa station and all this is like uh yeah and, and i play that at three in the morning and all the drunk people just go to sleep and i'll just wake them up for like hey you're here. awesome dude you're right yeah yep totally spa spa i can do because it's not arbitrary right it's kind of just and that feels right like as an uber thing you're not not you're not going to get us offended by that probably you know maybe if you're a slayer fan (laughs) (laughs) Slayer, (laughs) bro you like slayer if you say no we're gonna fight (laughs) i'm 47 years old metal's the only kind of music i listen to (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay, so now, we make fun of Dave Matthews fans and Slayer fans. Who's next? Man, let's just go for broke. Burn bridges tonight. 
Uh, <laughs> probably Rush or Megadeth, right? We definitely got to get into that. You got any good Rush and Megadeth stories, PJ, because that is a running theme on this show. If you don't, just make one up. <laughs> <laughs> Dave and Stan got in your Uber. What is this shit we're listening to? <laughs> Beat me unconscious. What do you mean? Car. What do you mean? <laughs> you have to listen to spot music. <laughs> Did you say spar? I take karate. Yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> oh man! If you ever get a chance, read Dave Mustaine's book because it's awesome. And there's many references in that book as to his career with karate, and like he broke some guy's leg for messing with Lars once or something. It's pretty funny. What's the book called? Uh, I take karate by Dave Mustaine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a good question. I don't remember the name of the book, um, but it is a good read. It is interesting. And I'm a huge Dave Mustaine fan, obviously. So I say this in jest, Dave. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Okay, let's see. So uh, you went out to LA 2012. Now, you were you were looking at New York, too, right? Before the move out to LA. So you went... Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was. Yeah, because um, yeah, I remember you went to New York a few times and then I made a habit of always going to New York like once a year. I just really like going up there. But I, I did uh, like I was looking at places like in Brooklyn and stuff to, to go live up there. Um, but then like uh, I, I don't know why I chose L.A., but I ended up like, well, let, let's do this. I need I needed to get out of uh, out of Austin and kind of like uh, start somewhere else. And uh, I ended up like <laughs> I went up to a. I went up to my boss at the time and told him like, uh, uh, "Hey, I'm moving out to LA, so you can either deal with it or not. I don't care." And they they, uh, they talked to me and go, after the next like week, they uh, they came up with the plans like, "Okay, we're going to allow you to move out to LA, and you can work remote out there." And uh, they that allowed me to kind of get out into the area and get started at least. So that I'm very thankful for. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking baller, dude. Like, I can't believe they were like. You're just like, look, I'm moving to LA, take it or leave it, fucker. And they're just like, cool, bro, let us accommodate you, please. <laughs> it must have been the bee's knees at that company, man. Like, Whatever he wants. It's, it's it, probably a more classic PJ thing to do, actually. <laughs> it was like New Year's Day and you weren't going to take any shit. And you're just like, look, I had 75 beers last night. I'm missing a limb. I'm moving to LA, fuck you. Pretty much, yeah. I think that's kind of the way it worked out there. Yeah. So you, so you, you got out. Of, you escaped Austin. Um, I, I had my off year. <laughs> yeah, you had your off year. Yeah, and so you were in how long? So, uh, so twenty twelve, and then you, I, I, you recently moved last year I or got, beginning of the year. Yeah. So I, I, uh, uh, I got out of a one eye doll in like a, a twenty ten. I had the off year. I went to my first Burning Man in uh, t- uh, 2011. I then moved to LA. Was in LA for s- until last year, and then I'm just moved out to North Carolina. And now I'm looking at <laughs> buying a house in Tennessee. Where in Tennessee? Uh, Elizabethton. Me or no one else in the universe knows where that is. Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, very very eastern, towards the eastern point. Uh, like go like uh, uh, it's like Knoxville, and then you go up to like Johnson City, then Elizabethton. I was just gonna say Johnson City. Like so, um, when I had toured there a few years ago, we played. Well, I think I played in Asheville a few times, and I love that place. It's a really cool town. Um, and but we played in Johnson City too, man, and that was a really cool gig. There was a place there, 
hopefully still there called Capones that we played. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah, this there. Yeah, yeah, Capones and uh, yeah, that was a cool area, man. And we stayed somewhere in that in that region, and uh, it's beautiful out there. I really. So you're yeah, dude. That's cool, man. What prompted that whole uh, that area, that region? What prompted you go in there? I really like the uh, like the Appalachian Mountains out here. It, like you, you're like kind of like uh, nestled up into like the Smokies and stuff like that, and the, uh, like uh, all the it's everything is green. It rains all the time, which is a nice change from LA for six years. Um, the, the terrain, the, the hiking out here is ridiculous. Like in your uh, going down hikes and constantly it's like, oh, waterfall, another waterfall. Oh, it's a giant stream, these giant trees. Like you're in like Sherwood Forest meets like uh, Lord of the Rings, like most of the time. Yeah, really beautiful um, stuff out there. Yeah. Is there ever like a yes. <laughs> moment? And they just kind of look at you and like, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> the one, the one drawback, right? <laughs> oh boy. I took a wrong turn with my canoe. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what prompted the move from uh, LA out to where you're at now, out North Carolina? I, so, uh, when I went out to LA, uh, I got started being, uh, like uh, acting in film and theater, uh, doing some TV stuff. And then as the years wore on, I became a lot more interested in doing a lot of uh, tech work. So I worked with my best friend out there, uh, uh, Eric Beck, and he does a lot of like really kind of nerdy techie kind of things. We got a gig working for Lego and uh, I basically was a Lego wrangler and uh, I would go, I would work with him all the time and he, they would send us all, you can look up the, the, it's called Lego Beyond the Instructions on YouTube and it's a show that we did. Uh, and they, Lego would send us unreleased Lego sets and we would like kind of soup them like pimp my ride but Legos so we'd like uh, take the Lego sets and add like motors and like make a remote control and add lasers to them and make them you know run around and do stuff and I really liked uh, and then uh, I worked with Eric and we started building like robots for stuff and really kind of got into like the nerdy techie side of like all that kind of stuff but then I started looking around in LA and I'm like, why do I need to be here? Like the house that was in was like, you know, an 1800 square foot two, you know, three, two, and it was 1.6 million. Um, God. And you just start looking around, like, how do you make it work here? Like, it's just no point to it all. The traffic is just atrocious too. <laughs> and, and, and like, and no matter where you go in, in the city, like, it's just like, uh, uh, like if you, if you can find a deal for 700,000, like you're, you're lucky. And it just made no sense why to stay there. And I, I, uh, I got to a point where I needed to, uh, where I started looking at like leaving the house I was in, but I'm like, I can't find anything else. Why do I need to be here anyways? Let's go, you know, to a new area and kind of start, you know, start afresh again. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, seems like you left at the right time because now with everything going on and people are just it sounds it looks like a lot of people have just had it with well for one the governor and <laughs> of california in general but just uh you know the it's too expensive all the taxes yeah um and just everything else going on there with newsom and whatever city you know you live in out there it got, unfortunately it got scary like uh 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 I, uh, I'm a nerd. So I went to, a, <laughs> went to a ham radio class, uh, because I'm a nerd. Uh, but, uh, I never realized how, like, how dangerous things got out there. Like, uh, uh, one of the guys in the class, like I went into like a ham radio class. So I was expecting everyone to be, you know, uh, uh, uh veteran hats and like, you know, uh, 70 plus, 
but I saw a bunch of like, looked like Starbucks baristas in there, like all like mid twenties. I started asking people like, what, what are you here for? Like, what, and like, you know, uh, looked way too hip to be, you know, be talking to me. Um, and they started talking to me about, they were, uh, mostly from, uh, Chino, uh, no, Ojai, I'm sorry, Ojai, California, where the big fire was. And what happened, the, um, uh, when the fire started uh, going on, they shut down all the power to the whole area, but that sort of shut down like all your internet, you know, your cell phone, nothing worked. So all these people were just kind of stranded and uh, they found out that uh, like there's officials there to keeping people off of the roads, you know, make sure you got, you know, stay at your house, stay at your house. We have everything taken care of, blah, 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 blah. Um, these guys were all at this house and there's like this weird wacky neighbor that was like a big ham radio guy. And uh, he ended up saving their life and like bounded, you know, pounded on their door at like 10 p.m., grabbed everybody, threw them in the truck and bailed out of there. Uh, but the whole place burned down. Like they were, their whole house, they lost everything. Um, and nobody on the street knew. Like <laughs> there's a part of the story is like uh, he threw everybody in the back of the truck and, and they started he heading out. And there's like a roadblock. Like they weren't allowing people to get on the PCH. And the guy's like, uh, hang on, we're not stopping. And he just barreled through the roadblock and just kept going. Um, yeah, so uh, he starts seeing more of that stuff. And I'm like, I don't feel safe here. And like, I got to get somewhere where, yeah, somewhere else. <laughs> all, the, all the fires out there, I mean, and this is not something super new. I mean, this is... I don't know if it's the worst year in history. It certainly seems like it's one of the worst. Um, I remember the San Diego stuff happening out there, like not long after I had moved back to Texas from LA and there was San Diego. Well, there was a big oh, strike yeah, yeah. back then too, with like the grocery stores and stuff. And I had a friend who uh, I grew up with here in San Antonio, who actually went out there and worked in San Diego. And there was a bunch of fires in that area at the time. And I remember seeing pictures that he had posted back then, which was real similar to, what the sky looked like this time around when I was in San Francisco recently. And it's just like insane, man, the, the state freaking burning down. You, Yeah. You're taxed to death. Um, I mean, I love California. I love the weather. I love the cities. I love so many things about it, but it, there is a lot of certainly a lot of drawbacks. And obviously that's the reason like why a ton of people are moving uh, a lot of them to, to Austin, obviously too. Um, so that, that definitely makes sense, man. It was not like uh, I, I did a I did one trip to go back home for uh, for uh, during like one of the fires for like I think it was Thanksgiving and I flew Granbury. Where are you from? Oh, I, I'm from Steamville, but my uh, my family's in Granbury. Yeah, yeah, I remember that because I dated a girl one time, and I was like, it was the most random thing, and I found out you were like, like are you were the only two people that were from that town? I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> But on the on the flight, it was uh, during like all the fires, and like you you get up above the the skyline, and it just looks like Mordor, like everything's red, <laughs> like uh, it just looks like you're in the middle of hell, like it's it's absolutely insane uh, uh, the views that you, that I had out of there, and then you land in San Francisco, and you're right in the middle of the soot and everything, uh, but but the way the way the wind was blowing everything, like we're right in the middle of L.A., I'm like 20 miles from the fire, and you barely notice it. Because everything's just getting blown up north. Mm -hmm. It was nuts. Hey, I wanted to mention, uh, well, obviously my experiences are based on when I was there, but, it, you know, which was a couple of times, but uh, one of the times um, when I was there, you were doing an acting class with a guy. Oh, yeah, Alan. Alan, yeah. Is he still in there? Around, what's that? You did some monologues and stuff in there, too. 
No, I just came and sat in and watched you guys. I didn't actually end up doing anything, but it was uh, it was really interesting and and cool to watch. I enjoyed it a oh. lot. Yeah, but I came and sat in. And I actually, it's a story I, I I tell because it was really amusing and funny to me. Um, so I'll share it, and you can confirm this. What's what's that? Oh, he's doing. Uh, I've actually talked to him like a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's doing fine. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Go ahead. That's awesome. I think that was in uh, Studio City, right? Somewhere yeah. in that area. Yeah. So I remember going there with you, and we stopped. It was pretty early. We stopped, got like um, maybe a coffee and a banana or some shit at you know Seven Eleven. Go in there, and I have never been. And it was one of those kind of like theater esque little right kind of had the rising uh, chairs, and it kind of felt like a mini little theater, right? And then the person in the front. So everyone in the in the class, which wasn't a whole lot. 20 people maybe right yeah. and so you guys each got a monologue and then you each got a script that you would act with someone else but i don't know if you know who that person was you didn't have any prep time so you kind of it was you had a little time to look it over maybe or something but then you just had to like wing it with them and y'all i think that was it was oh, a very yeah. improv he, thing right his whole thing is like he wants you to read it once that's it yeah right so it was really cool and really impressive um, with, um, you know, just watching everyone react off each other and, and, and react to something that you literally just been thrown your way. And, uh, but anyway, so there was the monologues and, um, and then maybe there was like a break and then, and then we came, you know, went and had some food or whatever, and then came back in and you guys did the other things. And I don't know if it was before or after or both, but I just, it must, it was the coffee or whatever the case was, my stomach was just going ape shit. And I have never been in a more quiet fucking room. I mean, it was, uh, you could hear a pin drop. It was dead silence the whole time. And I was just like, son of a bitch. Cause my stomach is just like gurgling like and I'm convinced like the entire room can just hear my stomach. Like you could hear every queen and I'm just like the entire time. And it was, <laughs> and the thing was, and here's what, and, and it was so like absurd that it actually made me like giggly. Like I started just being like, and so I was like a lot of that time, like people would be up there doing these really serious monologues. Like one girl was like bringing herself to tears. I mean, you know, these were not like comedy sketches for the most part, right? I think they were pretty serious. And I'm like sitting there going like, oh God, I got like not laugh because I'm just having this <laughs> absurd experience. And then the funniest thing was Alan, who was kind of sitting up top in like a director's type chair. I just remember, and I think here and there, you'd hear like a little gurgle or something from somebody. But then he had this one that was just like, <laughs> and he was just like, oh, excuse me, you know, but dude, I, would, and I was just like, I was just, I could hardly like hold it together in that fucking class. I was like, you guys got to have some white noise happening in here, man. This is just too much. So, that, that was my takeaway. <laughs> oh, man. So you had the, uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, the uh, the what was it? Uh, the noisy stomach going on. The uh, <laughs> the worst man. Bubble yeah. guts. Bubble guts. Bubble, That's what I was trying to think. Bubble guts. Just out, <laughs> just, dude. Well, it was probably. I I bet you it was the same. It was probably like the next day after we went to that gold room or something and just got like blitzed. And I've got a ton of fucking alcohol in my system. And then we go get a coffee. I mean, what do you expect? What I didn't know was that we'd be sitting in a room where it was like dead silent and people are up on stage like acting out their heart and soul and i'm just sitting there like oh <laughs> running out of the room like sorry you guys all suck <laughs> wow am i that bad what do you remember what your mommy shit man you did so many of those classes of course you're not gonna remember what you did that particular day but it was cool I, it was like fun watching it it reminds me 
we did um you me and a few other friends did some we had like a sketch group that we did for a while and we did comedy sketches and and three of them i think what kind of started that was that we had a friend who apparently there was supposed to be a second coming of of that show um uh in living color right and um I think the Wayne's brother. Remember that? Remember how there was that whole thing? And what yeah. was the name? Like uh, Al Braden or something, right? I can't remember his damn name now. Um, one of the guys, though, was going to audition for that. And so we did. We did like three different skits with him, right? Oh, because that was his audition pieces. Yeah, that's right. Yes. yes. Yeah. And we did two of those at your apartment and one at the at a gas station and they they're somewhere they are somewhere i remember that i don't know where the hell anyone can find them but I, they were online somewhere way back and i guess that obviously that show never happened or i don't know what the, the situation was but anyway we did these pieces one of them was like at a gas station and he i just remember he played a crackhead <laughs> another one the other two were at your place and one of them was a herman kane skit remember that oh yeah Right. Where he was Herman Cain and we were asking him uh, questions. And I, I mean, it was topical at the time, whatever, whatever that- <laughs> Herman Cain was, you know, something. I just remember like a chick coming out from under the desk. So it must have been like a sexual scandal. And like he was getting a blowjob during an interview, something along those lines. But my the one that I could not. And this is where this like is my favorite. This is my this favorite. Is, I had like so much respect for you guys because I was like, you always think you can do something. And I feel like I can like somewhat act in certain, you know, whatever. But like. Holy shit. I, like doing comedy is so hard because you've got to be straight facing. And I could, I, I could not hold it together. I kept fucking busting out <laughs> laughing every single time because the skit was you, me, Roxy. I think his name's Al Braden and uh, Al something. Ah, I feel like an astronaut. AJ. A, well, I remember we called him AJ, but he had like a, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, and it was the whole thing where it was like, we were white and he's black and he was a, and so you and Roxy were the parents and me and him were the kids. And I had this, the big beard, like long metal looking dude. And he's just like this clean up black dude. And we did this whole thing where like, he found out he was adopted and, and he was like, couldn't believe it. And I was like, come on, man. It's like, you know, I mean, you listen to rap and I listen to metal and I'm white and you're black. And I mean, whatever it was. And it was just so stupid. And then like Nikki came in and, and had some one liner and she's, you know, and it, 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 it was every time she came in with that line, I just lost my shit. <laughs> I would love to see those skits again. Man. And then we did we did that other fucking thing with that rainforest shit. We did that uh, goddamn uh skit where we were like saving the rain we came up with some fucking weird ass thing where we were saving the rainforest or some shit remember that that was yeah i do remember that it was very Very random yeah yeah Yeah, so we did several of those uh several little little comedy bits and (laughs) one of those led to a piece of audio gold that I actually finished several months back. I, I mean, hell, I, first time we had talked in a long time ago was I contacted you in regards to that, you know, and uh, because we had a skit, which to this day I will stand by and I think is genius. And I mean, I guess I'll say it now. You, you know, you're in a no risk of losing your job. I've only mentioned other people's first names. It's not like it's out there, so it doesn't matter. But we had this horrible, tasteless idea where we were gangbanging a blow up doll. And I stand by this idea. I think it's funny. And and then we had, and so the the skit was like, uh, yeah, it was like three guys. Just, it was the most absurd 
thing, but we were doing that. And, uh, and then, so you and I wrote music for it. Right. And I remember yeah. you had, it was a, uh, some sort of drum program or I don't know what you did, but you came up with the drums. And then I remember coming up with, and it, it was obviously like our intent was to make it like <laughs> porno type music. Yeah. It had this garbage, like half, like half with like a uh, hundred dollar, like Amazon garbage guitar. And you were like, just kind of uh, thumping around on it. It, 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 awesome. it sounds so good. Like for what it was. Cause so for years, I just had these stems because PJ had this in his computer and he, you know, like years ago, I was like, Oh, can you send me the, so I just had these, these stems labeled like porn music. And like every now and then if I'm like, they want to screen share and it's just like, you see this folder, it's all porn on my computer. I'm like, Oh no, no, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. And so finally, like when the pandemic happened and I was just kind of doing some different stuff, um, I was like, shit, man, I'm going to pull this song up and fuck with this. And I ended up doing the whole thing. And I hit up PJ. I was like, dude, remember this thing? Are you cool? Like, so I still like intend to like put that out and, uh, I think I mentioned this picture about using that as the intro for, for this podcast, oh, but yeah, yeah. It, it's so the baseline. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but like the bass is just like, like so fucking funky and like, and it's so, that's, what's so cool. Cause it was literally instruments sitting in PJ's apartment where it'd be like, Oh, here, Oh, here's three strings on a bass that hasn't been tuned since the seventies. Cool. Whatever. And like, we just like rolled with it and we just shit this thing out and it turned out like so awesome. And then I ended up sending it to, this dude, uh, uh, John, who plays, who's played keys with a good rogering a few times. And, uh, and he laid down some like authentic, like B3 and shit on it. So it's, it's fucking, it's cool, man. I'm, I, it's just, it's interesting how goofy little things that you don't think anything of, like, I mean, sadly the, the comedy gold sketch of us, uh, you know, having our way with the blow up doll never saw the light of day, <laughs> but at least the, uh, at least the audio files will. So. <laughs> I, I have to say like that song because i still had that I'll, I'll i'll hop that thing up in like a logic and and, and like uh and like late nights after like way too much wine and it's rock out to that song like it's so good yeah it's so good i love it man so it really is. we used to have uh when i played in that band pitchfork we had uh my me my brother and the, uh, my friend dave who we had on the podcast like we had some old one of those things where I just find random shit from you know the early internet days of downloads and Napster and these random sites and where you just grab whatever the fuck for free. And I just had some things that were literally lab labeled like porn music. And they were just like goofy, funky, wow, 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 wow. And, and we actually took some of those and learned them. <laughs> and we would play them at our shows. It was hilarious, man. All right. What other LA stories do we have? Let's do the street beat. Let's come back to Austin and let's do the street pizza story. It's one of my yeah. favorites. Man, that year was something else. So like a, uh, that was a hard year. <laughs> like uh, there was like days, and so I, I was kind of a wreck there for a while. And like every day would, would like kind of go up and buy. Like I, I would uh, go to Red Eye Fly, and I'd just kind of wake up in, in Mike True's office. Um, it's like you okay now? And I'm like, yeah, and, uh, it, but it was a mess. There was one, there was a couple of nights. Uh, the street pizza night uh, was another Guinness night, uh, typical. Um, I was at uh, Headhunters and uh, kind of going through the whole night. You know, like how you would like after a night that you drank too much, like parts of the night would kind of get fuzzy and then they would go away and then you would come back and it's like 20 minutes later and you would kind of go away and then come back and like uh, uh, kind of back and forth. Um, I had, never experienced that. Not once, not ever. Oh, a, a, a lot of times that year. Um, <laughs> but, 
but uh, the, I remembered some parts of like the, the night of headhunters. And then all of a sudden it's like 6 AM, 6 45 AM it's light out. And I'm on the, and I'm on the sidewalk and uh, like, I'm like this and I just kind of wake up and I look around it's light outside. And then I, I kind of get up and I like tap my, my jeans for like, okay, I got my keys, got my wallet, got my phone. I'm good there. And I start kind of uh, like looking around and there's this, uh, like, it's, it's like, we went out, I went out like a, this is like a Wednesday. Like I'm waking up on like a Thursday morning or something <laughs> like about like to have to go into work or something. And uh, there's this, like, uh, this, there's like this couple that's like walking down the street, like to go to work. And uh, they come by and they uh, kind of take a look at me and uh, cross over to the other side of the street. He's homeless. <laughs> And I like they were coming up and uh, they just kind of looked at me and like, you know, looked at fear and had no idea like how to kind of process me. And all I remember is all I need to do is just tell them like I'm okay or just something. And then I, I just, if something about like breathing in to say those words caused a reflex and I ended up just throwing up on myself (laughs) right, right in front of them. They turn and leave. <laughs> they can go back to their cars, and I'm I'm some sinner, just a mess. And I look over, and there's two pieces of pizza right next to me. Oh god! And it's just on the ground, like uh, on paper plates, or on the ground next to me. And I and I, I all I remember is like I love pepperoni. And I took <laughs> the pizza, went back to my car. <laughs> oh man! Oh my god, dude, that's cut. Cla- I get. We can hope. It sounds like somebody was uh, was just over ambitious with their pizza, and they saw you, and you're like, "Hey, let's just give this to this poor homeless fellow here." Thank you, whoever you are, street pizza god. <laughs> Man, I, I know that feeling of just it's weird actually when you have when you're in a situation where you're like, "Oh," and you feel other people looking at you like, you know, "Oh, look at like, oh no, this homeless piece of trash is going to ask me for money. Just stay away, stay away." It's I had a horrible night once upon a time where um, I, 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 in hindsight, I think I was roofied. I, it doesn't add up now that I think about it, but I got really drunk and blacked out. It, it's just one of the worst nights of my life and ended up going to jail. This is a whole other story, but um, I love this story. <laughs> But I, yeah, I don't want to like spend your podcast with my jail story, but I was walking, uh, the next day when I got out of, out of jail. So I'm, I'm walking down the road and, uh, and I've got a, uh, and I'm just wearing some random pants that they gave me in jail and a, and a random shirt because I soiled, I threw up and peed all over myself in jail. And, uh, because I was handcuffed to it again, uh, another time. But so <laughs> I, I was a mess and I wasn't even wearing my own clothes. And I had a paper bag with my name on it that just said soiled. And it was my, my uh, soiled clothes, right? My phone was dead. I couldn't call. It was a disaster. And I'm just, I am just covered in shame and just, just it's horrible. And I'm walking down the road and my boots are untied and I look like ass and I could, feel people like oh god crossover don't oh shit you know what i mean and then i remember walking in remember that place fox and hound i don't know if those are still around but i used to love that place and there was a fox and hound over off guadalupe somewhere and so i walk into this that place 
And the guy behind the counter is like, hey, you can I get you a drink? And I'm just like, a Dr. Pepper and a phone, please. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was like horrible. <laughs> oh, brutal. Um, so there was something else, too, I was going to ask you, PJ. And I thought about soiling myself and got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> What are some of the things you did? You said you were an Uber driver when you were in LA and you were doing some acting in, in the classes and stuff. Um, you had some interesting things. Weren't you doing some of that Facebook stuff? Uh, not Facebook, but didn't you have some kind of thing? It sounds like, I think you were telling me one time, like there's a bunch of actors and people out there that just do those kind of jobs where they literally are like the ones that go fucking click on like and shit like that when people buy for bullshit likes and all this. Enlighten us on that crap. Yeah, the uh, uh, it's it's a weird industry out there. Like, uh, and there's so much. Uh, uh, there's a whole industry built around like the kind of facade of like uh, community and like uh, fan bases and stuff like that. And so, what in LA, what they'll do is so there's a, like these little communities, and the community rules are you have to go and like everyone's IMDb page, you have to go like everyone's like Facebook page, and everyone does the same to you, and it creates like this little like weird little community of people that, like circle jerk of likes <laughs> that are like to, to everything but that's just a, kind of the mentality out there and it's just a really odd it's a really odd thing to kind of be a part of but it's interesting to, to, to kind of experience all of that at least what was your favorite part of la living there favorite places to go when you first i think uh something when you initially moved there and i don't know if you ever actually lived in venice but wasn't venice something or you had a friend in venice and that was an initial I had a friend in venice yeah how did so, you like the speech uh i uh, i had two friends out there one of them i actually did a film in austin with uh cory uh, and he moved out to uh to la to do the same thing i was doing he's actually got me in touch with alan as the acting coach um uh, but I love Venice Beach. Uh, I did, uh, I liked visiting there, but didn't see myself the, to live there. But like when I when I went out there to visit before I actually moved out there, uh, Jacqueline, who lived in uh, Venice, uh, told me like just get on the bus and like go check out like you need to go check out Silver Lake, you need to go check out Echo Park, uh, Glendale. Like kind of gave me a list of places to go check out, and I really fell in love with Silver Lake. And so when I moved out there, that was the place I kind of like uh, kind of hit up. Like went straight. The I used to go up there do those uh, Los Feliz stairs. Like, do you remember all that stuff? Like, uh, go, going up in the hiking, you know, like up to the uh, the observatory. Oh yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing, the weird thing about living in LA is like you think like, oh, um, yeah, cool. I'm gonna go to Venice Beach, and then like you, never you, do. And then you live in the valley, and you're like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to deal with the 405 and and. Yeah, dude, because it's like a day ordeal just to like do that kind of shit, you know. Well, and like uh, uh, my third year there, my my car got uh, parted, uh, like, and it was totaled. Uh, so, uh, and I like my last like five years in LA were uh, I was like taking the bus everywhere, um, which worked. But like, yeah, for me to get to, uh, like I was in LA and went to the beach like maybe four times, and I was there for years. <laughs> But that's like yeah, a very classic totally. like LA story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Unless you live there. Like I there was a few times I had visited out there, and then when I lived out there, I was bounced around a little bit. But um I was mainly in the either the Hollywood or the Valley, you know, areas. And uh but the first time I went out there, we were actually staying with a guy in Santa Monica 
and it's not a place I think I would really want to live maybe, but it was cool. I mean, it was, it was, it's, you know, I love beaches, you know, it's a whole, it's a, it's a different lifestyle when you live on a beach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the, like uh, my burner friends are all beach, beach people like Santa Monica, Venice, Marina del Rey, uh, going out to like the South beach areas, but like they, they're all uh, over there on the, on the West side. That so checks out, man. Yeah, some of those beaches are beautiful too, like Manhattan Beach and like Hermosa, like that. Some like nice, crate talk about million dollar shit. Like, yeah, some <laughs> real estate. Um, dude, let's talk Burning Man because you got way into that. Are you still doing that stuff at all? I mean, I guess it's not happening this year any, anyway. But it's not. It's not happening this year. We're definitely going next year. Uh, but I, uh, uh, I, I started going in uh, 2011, and I've gone every year except this year in last year um but there was like a uh, back in 2016 i actually i worked burning man i was out there for six weeks uh and i did the whole i went out there for the event and then uh they have a whole like culture of like the like the pre and post burn uh uh but i went stayed out there for restro in uh in the, for burning man they have this whole thing called the restoration the playa restoration project like after the whole city and everything gets taken down, like you go out there, like a whole lines of people and you pick up everything, like every little tiny bit of anything that's not playa dust and all of it has to be thrown in, in the dumpsters. And like you're out there for weeks and weeks and weeks. It, it was nuts. Those people party like crazy. Uh, they have like, a, there's a little town out there called, uh, it's uh, uh, in uh, Northwest Nevada. Uh, but inside the town, they have, the, they, have a, they have a burner bar that's specifically only for the Burning Man staff. But you walk in there and everything's free. Like you just drink whatever you want, like however much you want. Don't pay for anything. And you just sit there and people just party and like and do it. It got crazy. It was great. I had one of the best times of my life. And it's the last time I got uh, I got to go see to uh, uh, like the founders uh, who live in, in the in the little town out there. We got to go out to their homes and stuff like that. And uh, I got to meet Larry before he passed away. He passed away like two years after that. That whole kind of thing is, I don't know. I mean, it's grown a lot, I guess. I, I'd yeah. be curious if you, you probably know more, obviously, the, some of the history of it. Uh, I don't. But it's kind of like a barter system or it certainly started out that way, right? It's very much. Uh, no. no? It, it's all gifting. They don't do any, yeah, it's all gifting. Uh, uh, and it started back in the, started back in the eighties, I think in San Francisco, like on the, uh, on the beach of one of the beaches right next to the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, and it's kept getting bigger and bigger, and bigger. And then uh, one of the, found, like the, finally the, the city started like shutting it down and then uh, the founders go, we need to take this somewhere else. And someone said, we need to have this someplace like on Mars. Where does that exist? And they found this specific uh the Black Rock Desert, Northwest Nevada. And it's just this air, like alien world of, like you're just in the middle of like a dried up lake bed and it just goes for 400 square miles. It just goes to the horizon. It's nuts. And what um, is the, uh, what's the, you know, an average crowd size or the, the largest number of people they've ever had there at once? 80,000. It's capped at that now. The, uh, 2011 is the first year that they sold out. And then every year since it has been sold out. And so oh. they just cap it out. Uh, yeah, it's been a, they're trying to expand it now, uh, go up to like, not, uh, increase it by, I think like 90,000, uh, up to 90,000. But like you go out there, it's it's amazing. Like you go out there in, uh, it's a temporary city that's just built in the middle of the desert. And so like you, you 
like during the day, like you go down and there's streets and there's avenues and like there's a whole grid. There is a city there and there's an airport and everything. And there's radio stations up, but you could like there's restaurants, there's uh, yoga studios. Like it's just a, a kind of a bustling little like desert nom- nomadic city. Uh, and then at night, everything changes and everything's like, uh, you know, lit up cars and stuff like that. Like, uh, the, you know, four, four stories high, just kind of like rolling around. Sounds like Mad Max, but like cool, <laughs> not deadly. Um, yeah, like you, you're not going to die. Was <laughs> yeah. that um, just a lot of people? I mean, like a lot of people on drugs, like not everybody, but I guess a lot. But are you um, so what's the, the average tenure or what is the the longest somebody could go out there and stay for? How long does the entire event last? The event's only 10 days. But if you were doing like the pre and post burn, technically if you were working at the ranch like you you would probably be i think they work for like nine months that's what wow. their schedules so are basically there's an, a community out there that is sustained that just sustains more or less and then they and then people kind of funnel in and then you have the big 10-day thing that happens well, what's funny is like the uh like the uh like the hardcore like the dpw the department of public works for black rock city is like the people who like build the city those are the people that have been doing this for 30 years uh, they do the pre and post burn stuff and they hate the participants, which are people who come for like the event. Uh, but they are out there for like six weeks. The event happens for 10 days. And the, during that time, they just kind of usually go like uh, kind of avoid everybody, all the participants. But then they come back out and have like this whole other kind of experience. But it's cool. Like um, they have their own like man burns and they have like their own events and stuff like that that are only like kind of like really specific to like the people who actually work the events. Uh, it was really interesting to go through. The band, I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's bands that play there. Didn't you do something one year where you were like playing drum? Did you ever play there? Or, in, or have, Cause I, I know some people have like, they drive around with bands and drums and shit on cars or did you ever do anything like that? There, there are some, uh, there, there's a, a crossroads bar on like nine o'clock and usually a, a, or like the, uh, uh, the little alcove, like on the, the a street, uh, there's a bar that's usually there called crossroads. And they usually have like this, like 22 piece, like jam, like rock, like rock band doing, and, uh, every night will be a different, uh, different era, like seventies, eighties, nineties, pop, like, uh, funk, uh, they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's like some of the best like live music I've ever seen out there, but it just kind of depends on like what the, uh, what bars are out there and what, vi- what venues show up for that year and who they, who they get to play and who shows up and all that kind of stuff. But there's definitely like, there's bands that are like, we're burning, we're a burning man band. <laughs> we show up to every burning man we play and that crossroad band is fantastic. Nice. Uh, yeah. But so it's like, they do actually have people there that are, part of the event that are performing but then a lot of other people because you can kind of do what you want right i mean people can come out there and just play music and oh yeah do whatever right because like really uh the organizers of burning man basically you're just setting up the city they like basically draw the streets out and uh set up porta bodies that's almost like there's a lot that's most of everything that they're doing everything else is that's happening out there the the people who are participating bring it uh and you like uh there's like uh, nerd game uh, camps that you go in. I, I went and like uh, people had like a bunch of computers hooked up and we're playing like Starcraft. Uh, and I did that for like one day because that that's what their experience was. Man, Starcraft, that makes me think of, um, and when you said the Blizzard thing, Victor, like I was, I remember way back before 
World of Warcraft and that huge thing, like playing World, like the original Warcraft or Warcraft Two, some Tides of Darkness, and oh, I was yeah. like, me, my brother, and my dad would like, we'd have anxiety <laughs> attacks when the other guy was on the computer because we'd be like, I gotta get my dark. <laughs> my mom, my poor mom's like, dinner, and we're just like, only four more hours of Warcraft, please. And then, and then Italo, who was on the show, like another one of my friends, he was a big Warcraft guy, and he got into. I never really got into Starcraft, but he got into Starcraft, so I remember that title too, and like that was. A little bit after that one yeah those were badass games actually man those were nerd or not yeah <laughs> i was gonna say freaking nerds, man. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah you went you went uh i remember the first time you went out there it was what 2011 yeah i think okay yeah i, I remember when you when you did that and uh didn't you it was it was with your friends from Venice if I remember right and they took you out here because I uh, that's it because I was looking at moving to New York I went to Burning Man and then they talked me into yeah. moving to LA that year uh that's right yeah and I remember when <laughs> when he when and I'm assuming you drive out there and you just basically just drive into the desert Cause you came back and your car was just caked in sand <laughs> like forever. Like, I don't need, I don't remember. I think you washed it like after a year. It, there's no point. Yeah. It, it like, uh, the dust out there is like, uh, is really, really, really fine grain. It's like flour. Uh, and it just gets everywhere and you yeah. can't get it out. <laughs> when I went after my, my car got totaled and I sold it, like I started like moving like seats around and there's just like cakes of like playa dust from like, I mean, it's like five years old by this point, just like underneath the seats and everything. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Trippy. Do you uh, do you ever talk to uh, your former bandmates? No, uh, but. Uh, interesting story uh, like came up like two years ago uh one of their mega fans uh reached out to me uh and found me on facebook uh and he started hitting me up and uh, uh i started i, I kind of talking to him kind of getting a sense of like what he was all about and uh he just had a real sense of like when he ever like latches onto something he really kind of digs into like their history and he had this knack of like not only did he find me, but he found uh, Man, the drummer before me, and he found Scotty, the original drummer. And he found like her original like uh, uh, like producer, Scott, who they don't talk like. So he came, he started going around and like tearing up like all this history stuff that I know like she hated for like him, like, uh, you know, tearing up all this stuff. At this point, uh, it's been like 10 years since uh, I even heard her voice or looked at her face or anything. And he would just like uh, constantly like badger me all the time, like boom, 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 boom. He's, he finally ended up uh, sending me a, uh, a video of like what they were at like two years ago. They're still playing a dirty dog, by the way. Uh, but it ended up, um, uh, it was a video and I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to like, op- like deal with all that crap. And he, he kind of called me out. He's like, uh, hey, do you, uh, did you watch it? You know, did you watch the video? All this guy, he finally ended up making me watch it. And uh, it helped kind of deal with that whole like 10 years of like a whole story and everything. I thanked him so much. I, I When I moved out to North Carolina, I actually drove by Independence, Kansas to meet him in person and shake his hand. 
his name's Marty. Great guy. He uh, had me, uh, but that, yeah, there's just like a nice little cap for like after 10 years of all this stuff. And he just contacted me out of the blue. Really weird. Yeah. Just. Did he used to live here or in Texas and that how he was a fan or no, he was from Kansas. No, no. They, they, they went uh, touring like crazy. And so they were uh, kind of all over the place and uh, he saw them out in the Midwest somewhere. Oh, and this was after you were in yeah. the band. Okay. Um, you guys toured a little bit, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Then you were going to go to England even. Was that – you were still in the band. And then that – what ha- whatever happened with that? So we uh, we booked out a whole tour on, on England. Uh, we head out there. Uh, so uh, Kim, Kim was in charge of, like, figuring out, like, all the legalities of us being out there. And I was uh, – I got the plane tickets and, like, figured out a place to stay. And I was actually going to, like, work out of the, the rack office out there and, like, uh, like rent, a, rent, like, one of their, like, uh, cargo like truck things. Uh, but we get out there. And like uh, we had all of our gear and everything set up in uh, uh, in our luggage, and like we we're hiding like you know guitars and uh, trying to hide my cymbals and uh, you know my snare drum and all that kind of stuff. But we uh, we get in, we have to go through. Uh, we land in Heathrow, and then we start going through like the uh, uh, customs and go all through, all through that stuff. And we end up at the uh, the uh, like the the stamp person. And they, she, she grabs my uh, passport and she's like, hey, what's going on? It's like, hey, this is uh, me, Kim. We're just here. I'm working at Rackspace, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we're just here like uh, to check out for a month. And, uh, and then Kim goes, uh, oh, and we're in a band. And the lady's like about to stamp my uh, passport. And she goes, what band? What are you talking about? What? Tell me more about this band thing. Um, they end up splitting us up. Uh, they put us in these two like temporary holding uh, areas. Uh, we had like uh, both of us had like an agent come in and like kind of talk to us about uh, all the stuff that was going on. We're, we're talking to them back and forth and they go, okay, okay, that's cool. They follow us. And they, uh, we start following them and then we get into an elevator and he hits the bottom button. I'm like, Oh, this isn't good. <laughs> uh, we go down, the, the doors open and we walk out and there's uh, like a holding, there's like a lady in a desk right here. And there's like kind of a holding area with a bunch of backpacks and like uh, shoes and just kind of like personal effects, like that kind of stuff. And they go, okay, cool. Just uh, walk through those doors. And we walk through the doors and the doors shut and I uh, like lock and I look behind and there's no handle or anything on the doors. I'm like, oh crap. As soon as those doors shut, I see this guy's head pop up from uh, from a couch that's in the room. And he goes, hey, what day is it? And I go, uh, Thursday? And the guy goes, crap, I've been here for 36 hours. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to go in our favor. We ended up being there for 18 hours. They were really nice to us, but they would come out like, hey, do, do, do you guys need like, like a sandwich or something like that or anything like that but they end up deporting us and they uh uh sent us back to the u.s that is absolutely nuts man that is crazy i i do remember that now yeah because you guys showed back or you showed back up at work and i was like hey aren't you supposed to be in england or something that was a bad day yeah (laughs) and how long was that tour or and i mean i'm assuming you guys had shows already booked and everything right i mean how long that you were going to be, oh man, that is nuts. And it was all in England, huh? no mainland or anything, just in all England shows. All and, England, yeah. Uh, when I got back and we started talking to people and everyone's like, 
you never fly into Heathrow. You fly into Germany and take the ferry across because if, you, if they don't accept it, you just go back to Germany and go the next day. Like, oh, yeah, no, no kidding, right? Yeah, like Heathrow is crazy. I remember going through there, and I mean, it's just absolutely massive. And I, yeah, I do. I mean, they don't stick around with customs too much. I'm surprised you guys got that far, actually. Like, how did you? Disguise. I mean, when I went, I, I think I was like, oh, I'm on vacation, but I had a guitar. But, you know, um, but like you, you're just like literally well, hiding instruments. Well, and like, uh, uh, and when we like leave, because uh, they take all of our, you know, they take our passports. So like they're escorting us to like the airline to like have them take us back. And uh, they go, well, we need to go get your luggage. And, you know, we're there in there for 18 hours. So like all of our luggage is like, place right in like one little area and it's all like obvious like oh this is banned stuff <laughs> there the, you have a backpack and it's obviously a snare drum okay <laughs> so is it um like so what's the process like what why why were you guys deported do you have to declare something if you're going to go out on tour or like uh, the actual like check mark on the form was not enough reason and uh, given to enter country <laughs> That's what they said. And then they said, like, they sent us back to the airline. Uh, and, like, we we weren't allowed to even, like, touch our passports until, like, they were handed off to, like, the, uh, to the, uh, like, the co-pilot. And then we uh, got on the plane, got seated, and they wouldn't even give us the passports back until they were at 36, you know, 35,000 feet or whatever. And then they'd come back and, like, there's a the whole thing. Everyone's looking at us, of course, and, like, here's your passports back. You're getting deported. That is so <laughs> crazy. Wow. And then we, we land where our uh, connection was in Toronto and we landed there and uh, Kim started like uh, 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 had her, she had her acoustic guitar with her uh, and everything else is in uh, luggage and uh, the check-in. And then she ended up doing like a little show for like people that were just like, you know, waiting on their planes and stuff like that before we headed back to the U S and then I, yeah, I get, I get to call my parents up like, Hey, we need a ride from the airport. And I have a really bad story to tell you. <laughs> Was that 2008, nine? When was that? Do you remember? I think it was eight. Yeah. I think it was My, eight, yeah. MySpace days. I also remember <laughs> when I dealt with a ton of MySpace. And I've seen a few other people doing that now with like Instagram. And I mean, I've got a few groups and stuff on Facebook, but um, but there was just like every region had a Facebook page and this and that. And I remember that. Um, yeah, you guys were pretty busy back then too. I mean, you were... You were playing a ton of gigs. You were like, you did a tour inside the U.S. If I remember right, yeah, we did uh, uh, two, one Midwest, one East Coast, and two West Coast tours. That was like within three years. Like we we were out all 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 over the place, and like doing a bunch of a lot of regional stuff. Like you know, San Marcos, San Angelo, all over Austin, all over like San uh, uh, San Antonio. That was fun. Good times. <laughs> when did uh when did when did Tregan because like you were skunk, you're you're uh you've got a Tregan guitar, right? Because that was I think that was I think that was like two thousand seven when that company started okay. and 
Then there was the one year, well, might have been two years that they had the NAM show here in Austin for the summer NAM instead of Nashville. Oh, okay. And, uh, and that was right. That was the year right before the economy just took a huge dump or like a big recession happened in 2008. I guess, was that the, um, um, no, that wasn't, I guess, the, more of a recession later. What am I yapping on about? Wasn't that kind of like, there was a huge kind of like, it was bad times, bad times. A housing crisis thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It, that's it. But everything's better now. Everything's better. <laughs> uh, so the, um, yeah, that was um, 2007 at that. Oh, holy shit, Victor. <laughs> I'm not even shitting you, man. There's a Getty Lee story. Uh, the, <laughs> it happened. We made it happen. All right. Oh man! I oh, dude, this is great. Okay, there's so many things that are about to come into play. I, I kind of I, I felt like one was coming up because when PJ said they flew into Toronto, and I'm like, oh, oh man, we were is. setting up the rush, setting up. Why, why is Ed? I uh, yeah, I had I had a, the gig with. Uh, did you come to that show, the the Glazer show at Momos? We talked about that on the first podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, I. I was there. Yeah, definitely. Yep. PJ, so, I don't remember. Were you there? No. Uh, PJ. Okay. PJ wasn't. But you, so that was the sh the, the one time my, my brother might have played there a few times. It was the only time I ever played there. And we, we did that show. And um, yeah, the I just pepper. remember sitting before the show, we were sitting outside and Rob and Blaine were there. And they, I hadn't gone to the NAM show that day, but they did. And then I went the next day. So they had actually gone the day before. And that's, they had talked to Trey again a little bit. And, and I remember them being like, yeah, you should come check out this company, body, blah, blah. We had a, you know, I guess a reasonably good press kit at the time or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. I'm definitely going to go tomorrow. And, uh, but anyway, Getty Lee thing. So, and then they drop a magazine on the table and they're like, oh man. And we ran into, you know, cause this rush thing has been long running. <laughs> and they dropped this magazine on the table. It was like, look who we ran into. And it was like, a and it was Getty Lee on the cover of a, of a magazine with a signature. And I looked at it like for a second, like what? fuck you <laughs> it's just like they just like made up this like fake signature that's like skunk blah blah some bullshit anyway oh, i just no remember way. that it, 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 there was a rush joke that day so anyway did that gig and then the next day i uh went to the nam show here in austin and uh met tragen and we talked about a custom guitar and so me and pj you remember that girl flash right you met her yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. so and flash we were the first two uh there was us two and then another guy in LA, maybe probably that same year that were like the first three artists. And so then I went out to the, in 2008 was the first time I went out to the NAM, the big NAM show in uh, Anaheim and, and did that whole thing. That was definitely a learning experience, but um, the, so that's how that came about. And then with, uh, when I met PJ, in fact, I think I probably went through you PJ, like I, you know what I mean? Um, Cause I don't, I didn't really know Kim. And, and I was like, I had talked to Tony with uh Trigon guitars and I was like, man, you, you know, you gotta check out this band, blah, blah, um, da, 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 set, you know, kind of went through PJ and then they, they ended up setting that up and then getting Kim on board and setting her up with a signature guitar and everything. So yeah, that's how that came about. That was, do you remember what year that was? Was it about, was it 2009 or 10? Cause you, you guys came out to the NAMM show. Y'all hung out at that one NAMM show. I don't remember what year that was. That would have been 2009. Yeah. Hopefully which is, not. which is great. Before that, like we were, we were buying up like uh, those, uh, those hundred dollar Dean guitars from a, uh, from a, like a guitar yeah. center. Yeah. And they would last uh, like a month and a half maybe. And just like, we would wreck them. <laughs> oh yeah. She always had like tape on everything and it was uh, a big, a big mess. But uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So that, 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 yeah, again, it's funny to think like how far back that that's over a, a decade ago. Oh, I remember yeah. that too. I think that was the same year that we hung out with Yayo out there. Remember that? I hit up Yayo, man. I had bastards hard to get a hold of, but I'm going to have to try to what, talk to him that's about cool. coming on and doing the podcast too sometime. Obviously he's, you know, known for various reasons uh, you know kiss guy me <laughs> being one of them but this was this was far before kiss guy i remember us hanging out and him in a hotel room and there was a, just yeah just who knows man it's just just fun times out there i think we went um i just remember eating it since it's all across the street from disneyland going over there and fucking i don't know i get them confused at this point i can't remember all the, all the damn shows <laughs> yeah the reason i brought up tragan was because i think because PJ, you guys were busy. I mean, you guys were all over the place. And I think you guys met Dave Navarro, or you were talking to Dave Navarro, or something. Because he noticed the guitar, right? Kim's guitar. Yeah. And it was that Tragen signature. And I think didn't he have one made or something? But I, I just thought it was just really cool to see how busy you guys were, and just all the people that you were talking to at the time. And that's kind of how that popped into my head. Yeah, I think maybe they gave him one. I, re I remember an interview. Um, about that that was probably right when when that happened too i don't know do you remember that pj oh like him getting a guitar like uh Tragen gave him one right i think so yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and like uh, on tour like we actually stopped through uh like his uh factory and stuff like that out in uh, pennsylvania uh and like met the staff and everything it was really cool awesome man yeah i'm yet to ever i never did that i um i saw him at a, a gig up there we played in like frederick maryland or something he came out uh, actually two, two times one time with dead earth politics and one time with with a good rogering but um i've never actually been into chambers chambersburg right that's where it's at yeah um but um oh there was something else i was gonna say now related to that oh uh remember also at that time there was a guitar player the, this dude tommy organ who was talking with Tragen and they made him a couple of guitar really really cool guitars and i'm not sure what he's up to these days i mean i know he's a he was playing on i, I want to say he might have played i could be totally wrong here he played on one of those late night shows like maybe remember george lopez had a show oh yeah i think he was yeah, like yeah. i think he was the musical director the guitar player or something for that actually i could be totally wrong but he was on some one of those shows but bigger than that like he uh he was michael one of michael jackson's guitar players and they were going to go do all those London shows. He was going to go play all those shows. And then fucking Michael Jackson croaked right before that happened in 2009. I remember that, man. That's the wow. day I quit. The day I quit strum was the day Michael Jackson died. And wow. we got one of the, one of the best quotes of all time that a good Rogering ever got was, I don't know if you remember this dude, uh, was name his name was, uh, JT. God dang it. Yeah. Jeff Tyson. Drunk? No, Jeff Tyson used to work with guitar world and um yeah and so he was the guy, oh, who went through guy. when we used to yeah man that dude was so but me him and tony from dragon had so many laughs at, at both nashville and anaheim nams but we were i remember us all of us hanging out in the hilton you know one of those after the fest you know after the convention party things at the hilton there um just talking about <laughs> just gut-wrenching laughter at this the, the dumbest shit that dude was a the funniest guy and then he worked with loudwire and i haven't talked to him in many years but anyway he used to be a one of the editors or some, you know, blah, blah, blah with uh, guitar world. So he was very gracious. You know, we had all had ads in, in guitar world and stuff back then. And, uh, but he, without even just because he, we, you know, dug the band and dug a good Rogering, he actually put, um, born to follow 
um, one of our early songs from our first EP on a like a a CD-ROM of one of the one of the Guitar World magazines, which is pretty cool. And uh, and and then I remember he sent it to me. I think it was I think Hendrix was on the cover of that when he sent it to me. He's like check in check inside or something. Blah blah blah. So I was, but anyway, uh, there was a point to this goddamn story. Uh, fuck me, <laughs> fuck me. Something about uh, quote. Yeah, the quote. The fucking <laughs> thank you, Victor. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. So uh, I'd fit in perfectly at Burning Man. Give me drugs. <laughs> uh, so which I'm actually totally sober now. That's the worst part. But so the um, yeah. So a quote, he was like, we had a quote from him. That was something like um, a good rogering something. Bam. And just like that white, white men restoring my faith in black music. I don't remember what it was because it was, it was like Michael Jackson had just died and it was somehow related to that, but it was like, it was a really awesome quote, but yeah, I, man, I want to like I gotta find that dude. He's a, a cool, a cool guy, man. Anyway, tangent on that one, but yeah, <laughs> I was going to uh, say either a quote or, a, or an autograph from Getty Lee. Jesus, man. I'm, I'm sitting here like, um, you know, we were talking about this on our last uh, catch-up recap thing, Victor, about the muting now, trying to start muting and not having all the gurgles and the sniffles and the bullshit. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. It happened again. I don't know if this is good. It's going to come through my mic. I'm going to have to go through and edit this shit because I'm just you telling the bubble guts. Bubble guts like a motherfucker, dude. <laughs> I'm just telling the story, and I'm sitting right here like, Bleh. I mean, so I'm going to mute myself and shut up. <laughs> mute yourself and just burp <laughs> there we go it works well cool um man yeah so okay so you mentioned the guy that tracked you down that was doing the history one eye uh, for the one-eyed doll history got in contact with him and basically um well so so he just basically he was just wanting wanting you to see like what kind of like the state that they're in or like what they're doing he, now. He wanted or... to like uh, kind of confirm some story because he was getting kind of so like weird kind of vibes from uh, from from a couple things that were going on. And he's just like, hey, back like in your days, like what was what was this story? Or, like because he heard like rumors of like, oh, this thing happened. What actually happened? And like he was just kind of confirming you like uh, what happened during those days or like what happened when uh with the cd uh rush or something like that and uh it's really interesting it's really interesting kind of like i uh, kind of recalibrate like uh catalog all those days i was so long ago and he like and uh he contacted me like right at like the 10-year anniversary like when i when i got uh when i left the band okay all right so so it sounds like he was running into conflicting stories of what actually happened and okay yeah gotcha gotcha hey but when you were talking about moving to, to new york um who was the guy there was a dude up there in new york that did a documentary on you guys way back was that guy that you were talking to there that was that is that someone you still stay in touch with or david jr yes yeah uh, uh, david jr.com <laughs> he's uh yeah dude's awesome he uh he did the documentary on us and uh after I ended up leaving the band, he kept like in really good contact with me and we I literally just heard from him earlier today uh he's still doing great yeah i actually just saw that documentary like the the one like after your split like after your you left and just kind of like that that post one oh. 
time. So yeah. that, that, that pulled up when, uh, when I was getting prepping for this one, for this, uh, for this podcast. But I, I do, I do remember that back in the day. Cause that was something that you mentioned when you were taking those trips to New York. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. Those good times. Yeah. He was, he was a great friend and, uh, like all, like, yeah. Uh, and I definitely wanted to move up there, but then all the Burning Man stuff happened. <laughs> swap that, uh, swap that channel. Headed to LA for some reason. Well, now that you're on the what on the East Coast, you know the cool thing about the East Coast and what's cool. I mean, I don't have any West Coast touring experience, but um, COVID had something to say about my first opportunity with that. But uh, the East Coast is so cool. I mean, I know you're a bit south and, and still in North Carolina and the and the that you know eastern most part of Virginia, um, Tennessee. But once you get up in that area, it's there's just so much crammed up in there, and it's really cool. Like, do, how far are you from? It doesn't seem like that's that far from like Philadelphia and stuff, and then the, in another what Not six really, hours really. to New York. Like you're maybe a five. Yeah, well, yeah. like how far do you think you're? Like twelve hours from New York, maybe if that. Oh, if that. Uh, I'm I'm five. I, I'm like five and a half uh, hours from DC. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, so that's pretty cool. Like another, like another five or six to New York City. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I remember because I ended up taking a, having a bus ride <laughs> this last time from, from New York to Philadelphia. Yeah, I did, I did the train from from uh, Newark to uh, D.C. one time. Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I It's really cool being in that area. I'm looking forward to, um, and you have no say in the matter, PJ, that next time I'm coming through that area, I'm just uh, going to be like, hey, I know a guy here that we can stay at his place. Did I ask him? No. <laughs> And then we can show up and you can be like, oh, let me show you through these doors that don't have handles on the other side of them. Fuck <laughs> off for 18 hours. <laughs> Just show up with a with a case of Guinness and some uh, oh, what, dude. What kind of whiskey. Were you Fucking, yeah, case of Guinness and some pepperoni and PJs. Like, be like, come on in. <laughs> there you go. Just and then like four hours and PJs just coming up to everybody like, I love you, man. Let's do it again. <laughs> The the I love you is in the fist bumps. <laughs> oh, the fist bumps. That's what it was. I was getting toasts and fist bumps all night long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Slams <man>. and bams. <laughs> what a year. <laughs> you come back to Texas at all, man? Or you just uh when's when's the last time you were here? I use like uh, I usually go there uh, for the holidays and stuff, see family and stuff like that. And I'm I'm actually I head down to Austin every time I go to uh, like into that area uh i definitely need to hit you guys up again dude speaking of which i totally forgot you were here got who knows it, it's been at least two three four years but there was a time that you actually were in town and we did hang out and we went to that place red's porch or something oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah 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 hit us definitely hit us up man next time you're yeah. you're down here assuming we can uh actually um you know hang out be within proximity you know yeah <laughs> six feet each other <laughs> You mentioned Stephenville earlier, and uh, I remember talking about this with you. Like the claim to fame for Stephenville was UFO. Oh yeah, yeah. They uh, 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 and uh, like it just keeps coming up throughout throughout all the years. They seem to have like have like a new like little uh, blurb of stories like every you know couple times a decade. I've seen (laughs) I've seen weird stuff out there. Like it it's an odd place. Yeah. PJ strikes me as the kind of guy that's seen an alien. To be quite honest. burning wind. i'll buy that <laughs> i will buy that is it just like is it just like weird weird lights in the sky or just like uh cattle mutilations or what's weird know, is like, you know, like probes? 
You go, you go out there like because uh, it is rural. It's like King of the Hill style, like Arlen, Texas, rural Texas. But you go you know, like you go in there to talk to people and like, hey, you know, you start talking about the subject and everyone has the same story. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen some things out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, I the thing that the thing I the one thing I saw out there was like a, uh, it was like a little like cigar shaped like uh thing up uh way uh way 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 up in the sky and it had a like very tiny little like wings but it wasn't moving very fast and it had multicolored lights that would go up and down like down the craft and just go and just going really slow and i went to go get my mom to go look at it by the time we i convinced her that it was real we came outside and it was gone and then you passed out and woke up and your butt hurt And he had a pepperoni pizza next to you. <laughs> That's where that fucking pizza came from. They, uh, PJ's alien friends. They were looking after you. Thank That's you. Tri- <laughs> That's trippy though, man. That just, be- <laughs> that, that is pretty trippy seeing something in the sky and you're like, was I drunk that night? Did I see something? <laughs> it is, it is kind of funny. And, uh, my immature brain is not able to think of aliens in any sort of serious manner, but, but it is kind of like funny, right? Like what, what is it with aliens that they are either obsessed with our buttholes or we have this, this notion that they are obsessed with our buttholes. Where did this whole thing start about? <laughs> we can't just get abducted. Like the first, all they want to do is just <laughs> let's see what's going on in, in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, may, maybe they, once upon a time, they abducted somebody who, uh, who like that stuff? The butt stuff. Oh, G- oh Jesus Christ! The character on South Park. Mr. Garrison. Oh, speaking yeah. of which, I Big don't know. Al. Big Gay Al. It, I don't know if it's out yet, and I haven't watched South Park in quite a while. But um, they have a. Can I don't know. Damn, if it's out dude, I cannot wait to fucking see that man. I, I think so, it came out uh, Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. I'm like an HBO, but it's an HBO thing or something, right? Um, what what what's happening? Uh, they they did like a two hour pandemic episode, <laughs> and I think I think it came out Wednesday. And I can't I can't remember where uh, where you can stream South Park. I, it used to be Hulu, but I don't know if it's still Hulu or or uh, or is it HBO or something. Tying this whole segment together, I, I want to say that the very first episode of South Park was about alien abduction, and that in the big. And anal probes and all that shit. Remember that? And a big thing came out of Cartman's ass. <laughs> yeah, a big satellite dish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you never know. Maybe, maybe they, uh, maybe they picked a big gay owl, and now the aliens think we like things in our butt. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, they might have just got someone that would just love anal stuff, and then that's now they think it's gone around the entire galaxy, the entire universe is like. Oh, that planet, they're all about the butt stuff. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that we're just like their reality TV show, like keeping up with the Cardassians, and everyone's just like watching us on it, Alien it TV. Really, it makes you wonder, really. Things are so absurd, and the human race is so ridiculous that it's almost it almost feels like we're just a TV show for some higher <laughs> level of thinking's entertainment. You know? Oh, man. So aliens in Stephenville, uh, let's see, North Carolina, heading to Tennessee, um, different kind of aliens over there, like a hillbilly. (laughs) Whiskey country. Uh, Whiskey country. There you go. Whiskey and Guinness. 
Oof. So you're you're are you still working doing the Lego stuff? The um... I I, uh, I actually uh, work at a uh, head of product at a startup based out of L.A. And I still work with my friend Eric. Like whenever he needs gigs, like I'll fly up to L.A. Well, not now, but uh, I'll go back to L.A. for a couple weeks and kind of work on some gigs and stuff every now and then. And he's uh, working in some effects shops. Every time I go over there, they're always working on something and like, hey, do you want to come in and like uh, build a new robot or build like this new like uh, thing, like uh, controller idea that I need help figuring out. I love all this. That's uh, so, so much fun to work on. That is cool. Hey, you wrote a book, didn't you? Yeah. I've, uh, uh, a Wallet Falls on uh, yeah. on Amazon. Uh Yeah. You worked with, I think I saw that and uh, you worked with John Jay on that one, right? Yeah. Uh, me and him have kept uh, pretty close. Like, they're like, uh, uh, after I left uh, the rack and everything, uh, and uh, he, I wanted to just kind of go through the process of like writing something. And uh, he ended up being my editor and uh, we put everything together. And it was a, a pretty straightforward process to get everything up on Amazon. And it was a really interesting process to go through. A lot of research. Um, John Jay's uh, uh, loves his red pen and correcting everything that you do. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Shocker, right? Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so uh, just for reference, John Jay is another uh, guy that we we had worked with, and uh, he's he's a stickler for details. <laughs> so, so the what is the book about? The, uh, uh, it's about, I, uh, there, there was a, a moment in, uh, it, I call it, uh, my, um, uh, uh, a left coast coming out story, um, uh, uh, like me coming out, like, uh, as like, a uh, like more of a right than center, like, uh, NRA guy, instructor, like that kind of stuff going out, uh, like being out in the West coast is not, uh, friendly environment for that i lost friends like uh because someone saw like uh my nra membership card and they refused to talk to me ever since then wow um wow that is so um on par with what we're experiencing right now this massive wave of absurd intolerance about fucking every time someone has a different idea than you they're you're automatically now because you said nra right because you carry firearms or have an NRA card, you automatically uh, are a stout Republican who loves Trump, hates black people, et cetera, et cetera. Right. This is the fucking ridiculous, you know, thinking of, of people sometimes. And it's really why I left uh, uh, LA. Like, uh, the, nah, there's some there's the real shit like that going on for sure. The intolerance and violence out there just gotten like people just getting killed in the streets for having different opinions. And it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, super so tolerant. Yeah. yeah. Yo. Diversity and everything but thought, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, James Hetfield talked about that a little bit. He moved out to Colorado because people were giving him the side, the side, you know, sideward glance every time he'd show up with a deer strap to to his truck, right? That he went out and killed. <laughs> You know, he, he went out to go hunt and, you know, people would just kind of give him this dirty look. So he was like, yeah, moving to Colorado. Yeah, I've, I've never been a, a Ted Nugent fan, but I have um, 
with with guys like him or Joe Rogan, there's a there's a comedian. I can't think of his name. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but he does. He impersonates all these different celebrities and stuff. And he does this one where he's Joe Rogan. He's got a little like bald, bald cap on and he's talking. He's like every Joe Rogan episode or something. It's really funny. And he's like, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I practice martial arts, this and he's that. And he's like, have you ever tried elk meat? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bro, elk meat and all that. But it's true. Like Joe Rogan's I've been all about this elk meat. And he goes, and he's I'm sure he's got a whole bunch of land out here now or whatever. And he goes hunting and and guys like James Hetfield, like that's totally cool, man. Like if you're gonna go out and kill something and eat it and use it, that's what nature is nature's designed, right? Now to just yeah. kill for sport, it's not something I personally am am into or never have been, especially not killing anything endangered. And and I think there should be very 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 harsh consequences to that kind of shit that's just despicable to me but um but yeah i mean it's kind of fucked up when someone like kills a fucking deer you know and you're giving him shit about fuck you if you're gonna eat the deer like dude fuck off you're it comes down to the smug cloud the the south park smug clouds and (laughs) you know and again i don't want to rail on everyone in the on the west coast but it's that there's a notorious stigma there with that about it's it's a very much a lot of like very um holier than thou you know uh that mentality of just looking down your nose on other people and man were we just talking about this victor or i was just having this conversation with someone about the, the, the notion of like i think we're all just hypocrites right and so you're sitting there looking down your nose on someone else and you're basically insulting them about well you're a, a capitalist racist while you're you know doing it from mcdonald's you know oh your corporation's bad and here you are your fat ass is texting about someone while you're eating a big mac on your fucking phone that was built by some four-year-old in a slave shop in china fuck you <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the hypocrisy is so ridiculous, you know? I mean, I don't give a shit if someone eats meat or is a vegan or whatever, man. Like as long as you're not judging other people, I mean, I don't want to go on this tangent again, but it's funny you say that PJ. Cause I, I just like, I can't stand that when people are so fucking judgmental, like, so what if you want to carry a fucking firearm and, and shoot a deer, it's your business. I feel like it just like the, the, uh, the, the coast out there, especially like start all started in Berkeley in a, uh, like it just kind of like, uh, really kind of grew out there and it really is turned into like this West coastness is turned into a almost like feverant, like religion that they kind of judge everybody off of. And it's really bizarre to be right in the center of. Uh, but you know, it's like complete judgment because anyone who doesn't follow the ideology, like, cool, you're a religion. It is all this religion. It is. You're right. Well, and then I don't know if it's what I would assume. I mean, I remember being out there 20 years ago and Scientology all over the place. And I think it's kind of silly personally, but Scientology is just like a whole nother level of, of funny. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) Dude, seriously, like if you believe that shit and you're judging other people, like that's just that's the definition of irony in comedy. Right? Like, well, the aliens in the moon, like, well, fucking I, what's his name? Um, legend chef from South Park, Isaac Hayes, right? Oh, yeah. That yeah. motherfucker. Here he was making fun of everyone, you know, participating in the show that is like does that is their mo is to satirize and make fun of and one thing i love about those guys in that show is they they, they don't hold back sides. they don't and they don't they don't hold back and they don't pick sides they they play fair they fucking hammer everybody and i i, I love that it's fair and so you got this guy who's participated in that for 20 you know all these years and well 
And that's okay. But suddenly they make fun of Scientology and he's had enough and he's not going to participate. And then they <laughs> fucking fucked him in the ass with the Scientology <laughs> episode about him, which was great. But I mean, dude, that it right there is that's stunning. It's stunning. Like when someone can be that up their own ass, like it's okay to like talk shit about everyone else until it comes to my thing, because my things are right. No, dude, you're an idiot. Like everyone else. I'm sorry. Sorry, Rick, <laughs> moron. I'm going to have a lot of friends that when people start listening to this party, <laughs> I've, I've already lost some on Facebook. I can lose a lot more now. Yay. <laughs> Did you hear that skunk doesn't believe that aliens came down from the sky? And uh, he, uh, I had this joke the other day and I was like, Oh man, I got to remember this. So I just got the Scientologist, which that's pretty fair unless you're out in California, but now I'm really going to fuck up and I'm going to go after the Catholics. But like <laughs> the funny thing about that is like, and I can do it because I'm quote unquote Catholic, but um, I, I never, there, there's my tummy. What do you call them again? <laughs> the gurgles. Bubble guts. Bubble guts. <laughs> oh, like once this is me, this is my own indoctrination. Once upon a time, I bet, Oh, it's God. I better not, I better not say this about God. I'm having, Oh my God. He's giving me an upset stomach. I listened to shout at the devil when I was a kid. This is how dumb human beings are. And then like, and then I dropped my accidentally dropped my boom box and I was like, oh, it's because it's satanic. Sorry, God, you know, like fucking ridiculous. And so, <laughs> and so anyway, like, but I was like, I was talking to my, my fiance earlier and I was like, you know, it's like Catholics are like, it's like uh, training a dog. You're like, sit, sit, kneel, <laughs> kneel, sit. And you get your little communion treat at the end of the thing. So Vic, you can cut that. So we don't lose like every single Christian that might may listen to this podcast, but I'm sorry. If you can't take a joke, fuck you, man. Like seriously, I'm so sick of this shit that people who are the biggest comedians in the world, Dave Chappelle, but because they go, fuck you, fuck every single one of you pompous hypocritical assholes you know what i mean and like you said pj like la is just a whole bunch of people just like they are their own aliens are like how far can i get my head up my own ass oh i feel so good in there you know it's so bizarre like uh, uh especially like it, it all started in berkeley there was a, a professor wrote this whole uh, article that was like uh if you feel any kind of level of discomfort that is the outside world and people being violent towards you and the, the, the whole idea just uh, blew out of proportion. Everyone's like, anything I, uh, they, uh, and it's not even truthful. It's like, it, my perception of it is the only thing that matters. And it just totally, totally, totally turned everything upside down. That, that's where that whole uh, words or violence or inaction is yes. violence. So that's where that the microaggression from. nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah safe spaces all that other crap sounds like, a, sounds like a bunch of proud boys to me like they're all just too proud of their own opinions oh man they need to stand 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 down and stand by stand down and stand by with your opinions sir <laughs> how about the latest uh the latest news with the old, old mr trump do we think is this is this real or is this uh, a genius ploy by the Republicans to keep him from debating and further making himself look fucking horrible? It, it just happens to be two weeks before the next election. Like everything's lining up. Very so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Just happens. It's all coincidental. I, I just don't, it just smells so weird. 
what are your opinions? Vic, Vic is smart. He doesn't speak on these. I'm an idiot. I'm like, Bleh. and people are like, never again, skunk. You are dead to me. I was going to listen to your album and buy it someday. I haven't in the last 10 years, but I was, but not now, you bastard with opinions, you. How dare you insult my my candidate? I still right. listen to li- I still listen to my Lifeblood like every once a Damn. week at least. Ah, God bless you, sir. It makes me feel so good when I like someone's like, I listened to your song today. I'm like, what? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I almost killed myself a hundred times making that album. I'm so glad it gets listened to by a few people. <laughs> okay, last thing, right? So again, it, what does it matter? We're going to die. Aliens are going to put things up my butt. Who cares? Like, so I think I was kind of like thinking about this earlier, PJ, when we were talking about your car <laughs> and, uh, and, dr- and drummers. Okay. I think you, in comedy and by the way, on that comedy show, I went off on drummers. Someone was like, are you a drummer? And I was like, look, fuck drummers. Okay. Here's the irony about what we're about to talk about. I have spoken with Chris Farrell who was interested in doing the podcast. And I will say, Vic, I think you'll be a damn good guest. People will listen to it because he's like one of those, you know what I mean? He's like one of those people. Like he's so you're going to, you want to know, right? Yeah. And he does have obviously some pretty interesting, uh, you know, a story on things, but great Chris Farrell story uh, regarding PJ. PJ, you know exactly where I'm going. (laughs) This is just so fucking classic. Okay. So some backstory, Chris Farrell is an interesting character to say the least. I've known him for since 2006 when I joined Quarter Shackle. He was the drummer for Quarter Shackle and fantastic drummer, very opinionated, very not always the easiest guy to get along with. Right? He's definitely an interesting, eccentric fellow. Originally from um, New York, Staten Island, I believe, played gigs and stuff coming up in that area. And so he's got a lot of like, you know, cool history in that realm. Came down to Austin, da 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 da. You go, I can't wait to talk to him on the podcast, honestly, because <laughs> it's just like, wait, what? Is this reality? So, um, and now, and then nowadays, I don't know if he actually ended up playing with him in a country band. He was in Quarter Shackle. Then he became the, the drummer for a good Rogering. And uh, so we played a lot of music together and I wanted to stab him in the face many times, but he's actually the one that plays uh, or that is a uh, bladesmith. He makes knives and blades and swords and all that kind of stuff. And he actually won a season of what's that fucking show where they make uh, blades and all that. Oh, Forge and fire. Forge and yeah. fire. Yeah. He was yeah. like the winner of a season of that or something. So anyway, yeah, he'll be interesting. But uh, so, Chris, I've run to a few times over the years. Uh, and uh, like I said, we had played together this and that. So, but there was this time, right? He's notoriously tardy and kind of in his own world. And, and so he's blah, a blah, drummer blah. and didn't have a car. He, he didn't, at the time, he didn't have a vehicle. And he's just very much lives on his own watch and his own. It's, you know, it's just, it's a very different universe that he kind of operates from. And so I remember there was this time and he was way up in North Austin. I've always lived in South Austin. And so, I'm driving up to pick him up to go to a rehearsal at Music Lab down kind of south, southern Austin, Old Torf. 
and my brother was going to meet us there. And I was already, oh, I know what it was. I had some lessons way up north that day and I had forgotten my fucking glasses. Right. And so I had gotten done with this lesson and then I'm driving along and I didn't have my glasses and I'm like straining my eyes. I'm, I can't, I can't see. And I'm trying to find his damn place and everything is just running <laughs> behind. I'm really stressed out. And then I get to his place and he's just like, La la la. He's like cutting his fucking fingernails and his drums aren't loaded up. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus Christ, let's go, you know, and putting his drums in the car and trying to get out of there. And then he's like, oh, hey, I'm just going to I'm going to make a sandwich real quick. And I'm like, no, dude, like we're like fucking like I'm already like calling music lab like, hey, can we push back 30 minutes? Call my brother. Hey, it's going to be. Enough. And so I'm like, dude, I'll just we'll stop at fucking McDonald's. I hate McDonald's, too. Like I, I have not eaten McDonald's since 2001 or at least paid for it. And I just have this whole thing about McDonald's. I refuse used to eat mcdonald's so that comes into play so i i fucking right over there by on the corner of lamar and um something riverside or barton creek or whatever the fuck springs like uh we go to the mcdonald's right and uh and i refuse to order food so i'm just like what do you want i'm sitting in the goddamn at the thing ordering and my car dies at fucking mcdonald's and so I'm like, mother fucking son of a bitch, put, I have to push my car to a, a parking spot, <laughs> call my brother, call, you know, and cancel fucking rehearsal. And, and then I'm looking around and like, it's, you know, the, the sun's going down, whatever. And there's all these signs in that parking lot. That's like, no lawyer, know this, like we tow after said hour, like it's like an hour away from the time they, they start towing. And I'm like, fuck, I, my car won't start. Like I've got this dude's drums are in my fucking car. Like, what do I do? And for whatever reason, I call PJ and PJ was like, sure, man, I can come help you out. Comes to the fuck. Well, I needed someone with a vehicle. That's the thing. My brother couldn't have done it because I needed someone with a hat, like, you know, an SUV type vehicle. Like he had the Honda pilot, right. Where we could actually, uh, you know, put an entire goddamn drum set. So PJ shows up. I'm pretty sure you had never met Chris, right? Never. This is my never first time. Him. Yeah. And and meanwhile, like while I'm freaking out, I have like 1% left on my phone. I'm like desperately trying to like figure out how to like get his drums out of there and get a rabbit, whatever, and then call someone to, before they tow my car. And the, and then Chris is just sitting there the whole time eating a goddamn hamburger. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry, man. This sucks. I'm like, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> And then PJ, but this is the best. Okay, I'm gonna let you take it from here, PJ. This is good. Oh man, so so he, uh, I, I show up. Uh, you're in a state, and then uh, Chris is in the front of your car, like doing eating his fucking hamburger. Um, I fucking, I, I get, I, I, I load up all the stuff, just like, hey, where are we going and stuff like that. And then Chris just like assumes and or uh, assigns me to the task of like taking him to the gig the following day. <laughs> No, you were I'm like a, automatically. Yeah. But you're automatically just like, could you just drive my drums to the gig tomorrow? <laughs> and PJ's just like, like never met this dude, and he's just like, cool. So you'll just like, you'll <laughs> just show up at the show with my drums. <laughs> he's just just like, uh, <laughs> I don't even honestly, I don't even remember like how that panned out. I don't remember how I got. Did you bring the drums over to my house? I don't even fucking remember how that whole. I think you I did. Remember. And I think another friend came over and gave me a ride to the gig and we put the drums in her cars. I mean, it was crazy, man. But Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. So is he, is he the one that got his drumstick stuck in his hair? 
Oh yeah, that was great. Okay. Yeah, oh, red-eyed okay. black. Because I mean, I will say the guy has amazing hair. Always has. He does. Uh, he has yeah. amazing hair. And yeah, we were just don't at, see that type of feathering anymore. No. Yeah. And we were playing a gig at Red Eyed Fly, and like it was the kind of hair that would have made Dangerous Toys jealous, right? And like we, and he just yeah. he just goes back with his drumstick, and it gets caught in his mane. <laughs> and there was a song. <laughs> there's a song where I kind of feel like I hear something like the hi hat or something drop out, and I'm like, and I look back, and he's. Like, <laughs> He's out here like, wrestling a fucking drumstick out of his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll have to get, we'll have to get. It, it, it's funny too because like there was literally something about that on Facebook where there was a conversation. I said, oh, and I mentioned the podcast, and um, and then someone was like, oh, if Chris comes on your podcast, let me know. And I'm like, already, <laughs> like I gotta hear this shit. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, but oh god, dude, I'm sure there's there's a, a ton more silly bullshit that we could go into. But uh, man, dude, it's been a long time, PJ. I, I'm, thanks for doing this and coming on here and, and chatting with us. This is fun. Oh yeah, guys, th- thanks for reaching out. It's, it's great seeing you both, of you guys. It, it, we have to hang out next time um, over in Austin for sure. Yeah, let yeah, us know. Absolutely. Man. And uh, again, if I ever, man, we would have been, uh, you know, I started playing with that band, the Invincible Czars. Do you remember them from back in the day? Oh, because they, yeah. they've They're been so around. Fun. Yeah, yeah, man. A long, they've been around a long time through. I, I kind of joke with Josh, the, you know, that's that's his his baby. And uh, I think we're kind of neck and neck in terms of like most most people in our roster over the year. Like, like both Invincible Czars and Good Rogering, I think we've both probably had somewhere around 30 people like in the bands, like in terms of like, not all necessarily live performers with the good rogering, but just, you know, all the different studios. And, and I mean, Jesus probably probably had five or six drummers alone. So, um, anyway, yeah, it's like, uh, and we were going to be, we would, we literally would have been probably like playing in your neck of the woods this week or and next week. Like, oh, if, COVID. Uh, yeah, because they always do an East coast tour up to Canada yeah. and back. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, man. So hopefully that'll happen like either with them or someone else. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to be like having the tour bug big time. You know, it took me a long time to ever do that. And it's something I love. So hopefully once we get through this shit, you know, we can do that and come, uh, come hang in that, in that, in that neck of the woods, man, go get blitzed at Capone's or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That sounds great, dude. Yeah, man. Cool. All All right. All right. Sign us out, skunk. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that. Uh, I know I always put that on you, right? I like know, at the end of the episode, I'm like, "Cool, this has been great, Vic. Say something." Dryer yeah. sheets, <laughs> fucker. Yeah, get your dryer sheets. That was awesome, though. That the the fucking Mike episode where oh yeah, the Dave Mustaine dryer. So um yeah. yeah, well anyway um oh yeah for music i want to use that that song um i think oh you know what i started calling that song pj american party because you know there's that part in the uh and i i think the guy's name was mike i can't remember i want another one but remember he was sitting there i think it was your hat you used to wear that that fucking pj was always had like this great eclect, uh, kind of eccentric wear oh the fedora <laughs> the, the, yeah. well, you got like a sailor's hat though or some shit right or like oh, oh yeah the captain Neil. In Captain Anthony So you, me, AJ, we're all going at it with this blow-up doll. And then the camera pans over to this dude sitting in the corner with like that that fucking hat on, and he's just like, So this is what you call American party. <laughs> so so there, 
so in that song, like there's a breakdown and I actually expanded that song and put it in there again. Like I, I tweaked it and I need to send it to you, man. I guess you haven't even heard it since uh, I fucked with it, but there's, yeah. So there's like a break in the song and you just say like, so this is a American party, but anyway, <laughs> that's going to be, so we'll have to throw that on them on this podcast and then we'll, we'll cook up some outro music. The, too. the song is amazing. <laughs> Pretty great. Yeah. All right, there you go. So it's been an American party with PJ, Paul, Evans. And until next time, Skunk Manhattan and Vic Ramos signing out of Eclectic Soundtracks. Later. Peace.